It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What is up, y'all? Welcome to the best bits of the week. I am Morgan. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, what I do is break down the Bobby Bone Show from this week and share with you again the best segments that we talked about that aired that you guys engaged with everything like that. But my favorite personal part of this is getting to talk to somebody from the show. And this weekend, I brought on Scuba Steve. What's up, Scuba? Hello. Good morning or afternoon or evening or good night. Yeah, whenever you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. We got a lot to talk about today. I always say that, but we need some life updates from you. We got to talk about our jams of 2021, you know. Maybe some things with Santa, if we've ever been traumatized by Santa. Okay. I don't know. Just a lot there. You ready? I'm do- let's re- Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All the things. You're like, yes. All right, let's get started, y'all. If you've been on TikTok, then you've probably seen this girl before. It is Dixie D'Amelio. She stopped by our show to talk about all the crazy things happening in her life since the TikTok success. And when I say TikTok success, I don't just mean a little bit. I mean like over 50 million followers success kind of thing. Like she is a big star and she got some advice from some other big stars. So you definitely want to hear this interview. So if you're on TikTok, then you know who this is. But if you're not on TikTok, what are you doing? Get on TikTok. Everybody's on TikTok. All right, here y'all go. Here's the interview with Dixie D'Amelio. Number seven. We're about to have Dixie D'Amelio on. Some of you may, some of you may not know who she is. But as far as TikTok goes, she's about as big as it gets. Her sister, younger sister, is one of the most followed people as well, like top two or three. So Charlie D'Amelio, her older sister, Dixie D'Amelio, they are, they're massive. If you go to anybody 25 and under and show them the picture, you they will know. know. Who, th- yes. So... I don't follow them because I don't follow young girls on on TikTok, but they're on my For You page all the time because they are so massive. So when they offered, I said, hey, would you like to talk to Dixie D'Amelio? I was like, of course, because Caitlin and I had just started watching some of her show, their show. They have a whole show about their family, where they live. Um, They talk about mental health a lot and social media, where you just expect these girls who are teenagers and now I think Dixie's 21, Mike, is that right? 20? 20. You just expect they got so big so fast and now they're so rich that life would be easy. But it, it's it's a real gritty show. And it's like like they're crying and they're like comments are awful for them. Social media is awful for them at times. So we're going to have her on in just a second. Do you know who she is if I just say her name? No. and But now I want to watch that show on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, Dixie and, and Charlie. Charlie has 127 million followers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a lot. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're massive. That's no, what I'm amazing, saying. But- it's like Selena Gomez type stuff. Wow. But they got massive on TikTok as the uh, quarantine was happening. COVID was happening. All right. And I think she's on now, Ray? Yep. All right. Let's talk to Dixie D'Amelio. The Bobby Bones Show. On the phone right now, Dixie D'Amelio. Hey, Dixie, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Hey, I want to start with saying I was watching uh, some of your show on Hulu and... Mm-hmm. When I started watching it, I was like, okay, I wonder if this is going to be a Kardashian-esque like, TV show. But I will say that the, the mental health focus of this show, like you guys really did a great job. I think it is going to be so great for just young people on social media in general to see. So I hope you're proud of that show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think the way the show came out, I'm so happy with it. I'm so happy mental health was the focus because, I mean, we say every day, like, what we want to do is just make people happy, and if sharing our story can help put a person on a path that they didn't see possible, then I'm extremely ex- 
excited about it. For example, those that are new to Dixie, she has 55 million followers, or probably more than that as I read this on TikTok. And so massive, one of, if not the first big TikTok star, period. And so, but what they show in this show, I think is so useful for young people because Dixie, I think you'll agree because you showed it yourself. Like even you as popular, as wildly famous as you are right now, like you have a bad day sometimes because of comments and social media. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've definitely grown a lot over these past couple months, but there's times where I would see a single comment, wouldn't leave my bed. And I know it's, I'm always told something so simple as, oh, don't read them. But you always want to know what people are saying. And, but, and now I kind of use it as a way, how can I improve myself? But also, how do I take this comment and look at the other side? And kind of as long as someone, it's so cool that someone cares enough to talk about me. And that's how I try to look at things now. We also want to talk about Macy's Wishlist Wednesday, which is why Dixie is on, because there are so many options at Macy's for the holidays. The one thing that I saw was the handheld massage gun, which I think is the perfect gift for somebody else or even yourself because everybody likes a massage. Yeah, I've gotten that as a gift and it's so good. And they also have hotel collection cashmere blend throw blankets that I have my eye on. There's also a Rover car with a camera. It looks like one of those things they drive on Mars that has the camera on it, but you can drive it around, has a little like a, a camera on top of it and record it. So there are so many options for you guys to check out. It is Macy's Wish List Wednesday. Hey, Dixie, is it? I was walking through the mall the other day. I think I was actually going to Macy's, and I, I passed a makeup store. Not sure which one it was, but I saw you and your sister's face bridges f- featured so uh, broadly in the makeup store. And is it weird for you to now just see you out places randomly? I mean, your your rise to fame was so fast. I feel like it's a mix of being really excited and cool to see it. But then I get so embarrassed because what if someone sees me looking at myself and then <laughs> I literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. I can't do that. So I try to just, like, take a quick look and run away because it's so cool to see it myself, but I don't want people to think I go there all the time to look at myself. Who has been the coolest celebrity to reach out because of your TikTok and go, hey, uh, you know, why don't we collab? Uh, my family and I have had a lot of public conversations um, and meetings with JLo, and she's just been nothing but nice and supportive and just telling us to keep going and not worry about it and hearing it from someone like her has um, made this whole thing kind of like, okay, it's okay we're feeling this way because she feels this way as well. I'm going to ask you one more question. By the way, Dixie D'Amelio is on uh, massively just famous everywhere now, but for me it was <laughs> you know, seeing on TikTok you and your sister both blowing up and you know when you guys start to be a big deal on TikTok, do you feel it happening quickly or is it just something where you're like, wow, we got a bunch of followers today and then it just slowly builds? Or did you know that you guys were about to just be internationally famous? I had no idea what was going on. And I feel like the build was, it was a mix because it kind of just didn't stop. I think we were all waiting for the point where the numbers stopped going, but 
I mean, when you're sitting at home and just seeing numbers and you can't put a face to it because we were at home during quarantine, we were like, okay, so what does this mean? This makes absolutely no sense. And now that we're finally seeing people, we're like, oh, wait, these are real people who follow us and know (laughs) us and watch our show. And that was the weirdest thing ever. And I feel like um, putting that connection has been the most surreal part. Dixie D'Amelio, you can check out the D'Amelio show on Hulu, which I recommend. And then also check out Macy's.com slash wish list for all your gifting needs. And once you make a wish list, go to Macy's.com slash believe to write a letter to Santa because for every letter submitted to Santa online, Macy's donates a dollar to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which helps to grant wishes to kids who are fighting critical illnesses. Dixie, congratulations on all of your success. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Of course. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. This one was a hot debate on our social media. Raimundo admitted that he wanted to create a contract with his wife over an exercise bike. Now, Steve, I want your opinion on this situation. (laughs) And then and then we'll get into some kid updates and live updates and all the things. Okay. Okay. How do you feel that Ray came to the show and was like, I want to have a contract with my wife over her new exercise bike. It wasn't really about the exercising. It was more about the use of the machine. Yeah. But how do you feel? I mean, I could see both sides of this. One, this happens a lot. People get like an elliptical or a treadmill and they put it in their master bedroom and then it becomes an extra place to put clothing. And it literally is just like an ornament in the room. It never gets used. So I see that side of it. But then if you're halfway listening, it sounds hella insensitive. You're like, use that damn bike. Like it's as if she needs to work out or something. So it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I was kind of, I, I would never do it personally. I would never tell my wife, sign something to show that you need to work out to use the piece of equipment that I bought for you. That just seems a little weird. Yeah. And I, and I feel like too, it, it's really hard to not think of it that way. Even if that wasn't the intention. Yes. You're yeah. like. No, you're forcing me to work out is what this is. Like, I understand this is an expensive bike. I very much understand that. But at the same time, like, if you got it for me because I wanted it, then of course I'm going to use it. Yeah, don't force me to use it because then I won't use it out of spite. Yes. Yeah. I would be that exact same exactly, way. Exactly, yeah. But I, but I do also see that side because, like, I refuse to buy, like, I have small things, little, like, you know, bands and a few little hand weights and stuff at my house, but I refuse to buy other equipment because I'm like, I I won't use it. My whole purpose of going to the gym is to get out of the house. Yeah, of course. I'm not good at having an in-home gym, but I know some people are really good about that. Yeah, it's tough. I just tough. don't feel like I would be. Yeah, my home for me is my relaxation place. Yes. I don't go home to do more work and, and to punish myself. I go home to chill, hang out with the family, be with the kids, and relax as much as I can. I don't I don't want to work out at the house. Yeah, it's like a happy place. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, like, working out is a happy place for me, but it's a different kind of happy, and I don't you, need you, that you in leave. there. You go to another environment and setting, and you've mm-hmm. now left your home, and so it feels different. I also feel, like, motivated by other people doing it. Yes. If I'm sitting there doing it by myself, I'm going to be like, well, I don't, nobody's holding me accountable for being here right now. It's oh, just yeah. me. And you have those inner, no, the person that you're competing with has no idea you're competing with them. Yes. But I'll see somebody grab something like, well, F that, I can grab a 25-pounder, and I can do the same thing, but five pounds more than you can. And that person has no idea I'm competing with them, but I'm, it's an internal con- competition, mm-hmm. which is great because then I feel better and I work out more and I get more out of my workout. Well, and like, too, it's an internal thing, like you said, when I go into the gym, and if I've only been there for like 20 minutes, I'm like, 
dang, these people saw me walk in. I can't leave yet. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I keep pushing, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. I, and it's not anything anybody else is doing. It's a hundred percent about me, oh, but yeah. it's like a mindset that you put yourself in. So you do stay there. And the one time I saw you at the gym, so I put on five more pounds to show you I can lift a little bit more. Ah. <laughs> You're like, I'm seeing you an awful lot. Let me make sure I'm still uh, progressing over here. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it just becomes more of an environment. So I don't know that I could ever have a gym at my place. I just don't see that in my future, regardless if I have money or not. Yeah, yeah. Unless it was like you had like a compound and you had to walk like yes. an acre into the back of the yard and you had like a little special guest house or something and you can work out there. A whole maybe. separate area. Yeah. But then I'd also have to like pay people to come work out so I felt the environment yeah <laughs> like extras <laughs> yes. that's that's that topic and that that's a whole thing that you guys will get to hear in a minute but I need to hear some scuba Steve updates what's been going on in your life lately well my daughter is now one year old she's turned I always I always how do you say this she's turned one years old she's turned one year old one year old one because it's, yeah. it's singular because it's yes. not plural okay yeah she's turned one year old which are one years old <laughs> Which is also weird because, like, it, I have a weird um, situation with that in my head. Like, whenever I see somebody's like, oh, they're one year old today, I'm like, but they were born. Uh, when they were born, were they zero months old? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. <laughs> it hurts my head to think about. But, okay, that's exciting. Yeah, it's 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 exciting, but it's also kind of like it's it screws with my head because I feel like it was just yesterday that she was born and now she's like, a, she's she's got life. She's looking around. She's starting to walk. She's moving has she started? Has she made her first walking? Step? Oh yeah, like yeah, just last night. She's been doing like little like small baby steps and one or two, or she'll stand up and clap and be like yay! <laughs> but now she's actually like standing up, clapping, and then moving her feet slowly towards me. I'm oh. like, oh my god, this is so cool. Now has she started mimicking your son? That's the thing because she's the second child, and I think anyone listening that that has children could maybe attest to this. The first kid is it's a blank canvas. They have there's no going back to the competition. Talking about the gym. There's no competition. There's nothing to put it up against. So everything happens at their own pace. Mm -hmm. I feel like with her, everything is, she sees her older brother who is almost four and it's like, okay, so I need to do what he's doing. So she's immediately trying to talk. So she's making noises and sounds and, and laughing and now walking and moving and just doing more at a faster pace than he was doing. And even things that, that, that she can't control because it's genetics or DNA, like even her teeth are coming in faster. Like she's already got like <laughs> seven teeth and he had, I think two by the time he was one. It's, it's insane. Well, that also could be uh, male, female, right? Too? Could that be, could yeah. be a thing. That's true. Yeah. I'm not entirely that. sure. I don't have yeah. any babies, so <laughs> I'm making guesses here. Yeah. But yeah, I do I do feel like that's a sibling thing. But that's cool. Okay, so we got a one-year-old little girl in the house. Yeah. Has she said a first word yet, or is she still working on noises to get out the first word? It's like noises. Like she'll say things like, let me see if I can pull it up fast enough. She says things like like dada, but I feel like all kids say dada. Not so, even what they're that saying. That could be her first word, dada. So. But I don't know, but I, they always say dada isn't necessarily her saying your name, dad. It's just the the noises that she's making. Makes mm -hmm. it sound like dada. So so you really need her to say dad. Yes. If she says dad or daddy, then I'll mm -hmm. go, okay, something's happening here. We have some real movement. And she hasn't said mommy yet? She hasn't She hasn't said mommy or mama or anything. Okay. So that's why I think maybe it's just what they say. It's just like that's just the noises they make. Is there a competition between? Oh. It's like mostly like laughs and like squeals yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. She's trying to find her voice. Exactly. Yeah. 
She has a really cute voice. Oh, little, <laughs> I love when babies giggle. It's my favorite thing. Oh, They're yeah. like little infectious giggle. You'll just be like, you won't even know that you're smiling, and then you look and you're like laughing with them, and you're like, what? What just happened? It's oh, yeah. like a baby phenomenon. Like, it's so infectious. Like you'd have the worst day. I'll come home and have a long day and just beat down on life. And then you go see a kid who hasn't experienced what we've experienced and they're just so happy and excited and like, nothing's brought here. them down. Yeah. I like, love hey. you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my God. Okay. Life is great. You know? Now, how is your son doing with having a sibling that's active now? Before it was just a baby. Yeah. And it's like, okay, somebody's here. But now that she's moving around. How is he handling all of that? Oh, he loves it because he's been expecting her to move around since day one. Mm. Like he doesn't get, you know, he's, he was three at the time. He doesn't understand that they don't do what he's doing. He's like, <laughs> why isn't she moving? Why isn't she walking? Why isn't she doing what I'm doing? And so he's so, so excited that she's finally at the stage now where she's up and moving and walking and tr- trying to talk. And she plays with him and they play together in their little playroom. And he is, he's the best little, he's the best big brother. Oh, it's I'm really so cool. excited for them. So, do you guys and I and I say this lightly because it's not a question I like to ask, but do you guys hope to have more kids or is this kind of the ending for y'all? I think it just depends on where we're at in life, okay. uh, where we live, where we're at, like what's going on career wise. Because um, like if we were to live in California, I think two is all we would do just because of cost of living and space and all that kind of stuff. If we stay in a place like Nashville, I could see us doing three or four kids. That's so, so interesting how like, you know. It's not something I would think about. Again, I'm, you know, in a relationship, but I'm not married. I don't have kids. I would never think of cost of living. Oh, my gosh. You have to. Yeah, because it's kids are expensive. Yeah. I mean, just the, anything from the uh, the beginning stages of diapers and the clothing and the mm-hmm. food and all that stuff. It's just it's a big cost. And then it becomes the child care. That's the biggest cost is paying for a daycare or a nanny of some sort. If you're not a stay-at-home mom or father, that's ex- that's very expensive. So the more kids you have, the more it costs. So mm-hmm. if you're living somewhere like this, it's a little more cost-affordable. If you go to California, it's very expensive to live in general. So we kind of are putting it in that space of where we where are we going to be. And plus, we're at the we're at the point now where we're like, okay, we got the two, and we're thinking about waiting for these to get a little bit older, so that way they can help us out mm-hmm. with the next round of kids. So they could so be some space potentially between the next set of children. Yeah. So like maybe wait for our daughter to be maybe three or four or five. And then our son is closer to nine, 10. And that way, when we have the next set of kids, you know, right now, my kid, you tell him something to do. It's 50, 50 if he's going to do it. Yeah. It's like hey, sometimes he's in the mood. and He's like, sure, dad. And then he's like, no, I'm not doing it. And you're like, OK, all right. And then out of nowhere, he's like, I love you. And you're like, what? <laughs> It's like a monster, mm-hmm. but you love him, but he's a monster. They're figuring out all their emotions. They're like, oh, I have this. Yes, that's Feel what it is. rage, but I don't know what it is, and I don't know where it came from. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I don't think we can handle a third child with a, a kid figuring out his emotions and then another kid who's going to start figuring out her emotions mm-hmm. in another year or two. So it's like, it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot of stress. Like Lunchbox having three kids, I don't know how he's doing it. And they're all at that age where they're all figuring themselves out. Mm-hmm. His house must be a mad, <laughs> it must be absolute madness. Yes. And also all boys and all boys too. Exactly. <laughs> yes. There's no, there's no female in there to kind of balance it out. Like where my daughter, she's only one, but she's definitely a much more calmer soul, a little more relaxing. Uh, I mean, she has her head on. I, mean, I feel like she's just a, a different kind of person where then he is so emotional and crazy and, and just rambunctious and, and just physical. Do you feel like so far in what you've seen in both of them? Like, do you feel like one of them is taking after you or your wife in a certain way? 
Yeah, like I like I was the best way to describe me as a child is Jim Carrey. Like I was I was like Jim Carrey in the mask. So, <laughs> like, I was very crazy. Like I was at a point where you could just you couldn't control me. There's nothing you could do to control me. I was I was just off the wall. Too much energy, natural energy. Uh, one moment I was happy, one moment I was angry. It was just very difficult. My wife's always been very chill, calm. Like the yin to the yang. That's why we, her mm-hmm. and I work so well. Is, is even to this day, I'm still a little bit, I can get easily frazzled and things bother me. And I try to internalize it. But sometimes if, if it's happened a lot of times, then I just let it out. Mm. And mm. she's just very chill. <laughs> and she's like, Steve, life. relax, take a deep breath. Uh, yeah. So. so, so far, your son is taking after you and your yes. daughter is taking after her. <laughs> yes. So far, yeah. I say that so far yeah. because that could change very quickly. It could easily flip. Yeah, he could hit a, he could hit a turning point where he mm-hmm. becomes relaxed and calm and she becomes crazy. But at, at the moment, yes, that we're, they're following the, the sexes, basically. She's following the, my wife and I'm, he's following me. Oh, that's so exciting. And how are your dogs doing? They're good. All the activity in the house? That's the one thing. One of my dogs is 14 and he's kind of just like whatever, mm-hmm. and he wants to hang out with me more than anything because the kids are always pulling on him, and he's older. And he's like, I just want to hang out. Yeah. yeah, I just want to lay in the couch and lick your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like that's something that, like, too with with families, especially if a dog was there before. We always ask about the kids, but nobody ever asks about the animals. And I'm like, Don't, it's a good question. Yeah, it 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 up changed their entire life, right? Yeah. Like. They, they knew these two humans or this one human, and then, like, within a few years, they're like, what just happened? Oh, there's, yeah. There's little things running around. There's another adult person in this house. I can only fathom, like, what goes through their mind to be like, how did I end up here? Well, because they were the center of the universe. Yeah. And then now they're sharing it with somebody else and somebody else who's like me and not like them, mm-hmm. where, like, if I've introduced other dogs to, so Marley, I've, I've had him the longest, 14 years and then for a while there, I think about a year into his life, I got a dog named Ziggy. And he was around up until my son was born. He passed away. He was a pug. They don't live long, unfortunately. Um, and so they were they were, they were were good. They were fine. He didn't care about introducing other dogs. And then we introduced a third dog before Ziggy passed named Birdie. And she was crazy. <laughs> like, she did not do well with the other dogs. And Marley didn't like her. And we had to eventually get rid of her. We gave her to a friend because mm. um, I adopted her. She was an adopted dog. She had been through a lot of trauma and stuff. And I was like, I can't give her back to the shelter, which is what happened to her previous times. They kept giving her back to the shelter. I was like, that's the problem with her. She keeps giving, they keep giving her back to that place. And so that's why she's got an issue. And so I understood that. I was like, I got to give her to somebody who's going to care for her. And I gave her to my gay best friend. Oh, uh, and they've been best friends ever since? Oh my God. Yeah. Because that, he's not going to have kids and he doesn't plan on having kids. And they take that dog to get puppuccinos and they're oh. going to Reno and Las Vegas and they're going on road trips. And that, so that dog is the center of his universe. And so I was like, great. So I feel like I was the vessel to get that dog to give him to somebody else who could take care of him instead of constantly going back into the shelter. Yeah. Um, Cause she just wasn't good with other dogs or, and then when we had my son, she wasn't good with him. She nipped at him a couple of times and I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't yeah. take a chance here. And then well, one day we're at like a house party and I was like, and she was there, Birdie. And I was like, Hey, you want a dog? And he's like, and I was like, he was like, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, no, no, you can have her. It's like, cause he was like petting her and loving her. Like, and I was like, he thought I was kidding. And, and I was like, no, you can actually have her. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, you can take her. I'm like, we're having problems with her with, with Marley and Ziggy and my son and yada, yada. Take her for a week and do a week trial and see if you like her. And like after day two, he was in love with her and his husband was in love with her. Oh. 
And then so now they've been together ever since. It's been, I think, four years they've had her. And what kind of dog was she? Just a, a little kind of a mutt. Mix? It was like a terrier mixed with something, mixed with a, I don't know what she was. A bunch of different things. A bunch of different things. But she was such a cute, beautiful dog mm-hmm. and just, just needed the right home. And so she went with him. Um, but I guess going back to the whole point of like kids and dogs, she didn't get, she didn't get along with them, but we found a place for her. Ziggy passed. And then I have Marley. Um, and he was, he was okay with, with my son for a while. And then he started pulling on him and then he was like, okay. And then he would just kind of distance himself from the kid because he was like, every time I go around that damn thing, he's pulling on my legs and pulling on my tail and hitting me. And he didn't, he's not doing it on purpose. He doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Um, so he kind of like pulls himself away from him. And then we moved to Nashville. I got a, a dog, um, Sherman. And so now we have two dogs and he's a puppy. So that's great. Puppies are good with kids from what I've experienced. Because Sherman's been loving it. Sherman loves it because he'll take any attention he can get. He's like, you can pull on my tail. You can pull on my leg. You can pull on my ears. You can hit me. I don't care. So Sherman and my son are like best friends. But the old dog doesn't want to be touched. That would make sense, though. He, he's yeah. at the point in his life where he's like, I've seen a lot of life and I've experienced a lot of love. Yes. And now I just want to chill. Yeah, exactly. And he's 14. So I'm like, this dog just keeps going and going and going. Like, like I don't want to say when's the end coming, but like, when's the end coming? He's like, he's 14 years old. That's a pretty old dog. No, I love it. I, yeah. I, they stay around as long as you need them. I, I believe in that. Yeah. They stay along until you kind of give them the, the green light that it's okay. Yeah. And he hasn't really shown any like physical signs that anything's wrong with him. I mean, he's, his back gets bothered when you, when you mess with him, but he's 14. So I get that. But he seems he's rambunctious still. He has tons of energy. He still yeah. plays and runs around in the backyard and and plays with me. And so See, he's not ready to go anytime soon. No, and I'm, I mean I'm cool with him. He can stay for twenty more years. I'm good with that. I know. I I would love that. Could you imagine if we got to keep dogs for as long as we lived? Yeah, why like they pass with us. Why do they? Why are? Why is their lifespan so short? I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand. Know. I've seen so many like really heartfelt memes about it. How like. Um, the whole point to come on this earth is to learn to love and yeah. they've already know how to love so they don't have to stay that long. Gotcha. I'm like, that's bull crap. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, sure, that's great. But like, I want them forever. Yeah. Losing a pet is the worst kind of pain. Oh, it's tough. But when I lost Ziggy, it was because I'd never experienced loss at that moment. And losing him was the hardest thing in the world. It was the moment my wife was nine months pregnant, like two weeks before we we're about to have our son. And it's, I remember just one morning waking up and he was just panting a lot and you could tell something was wrong with him. And I was like, oh no, something's wrong. And I was like, we'll take him to the vet and, and see what it could be. Like, it's going to cost a lot of money, but I want him to live. And then it was one of those things where they saw what was wrong and, I was, and they're like, we've never seen this before in our entire existence of being a vet clinic. And I was like, well, what is it? And like, he's got like this... Um, what do you call it when you have not rhinestones, but gallbladders or no. oh kidney stones? No, um, like when you can't go, like when a, a human can't pee, they got um, I can't think of the word. Uh, it's like almost like a crystal. Kid, is it kidney stones? Maybe that's I what it, it is. Kidney yeah, stones, kidney stones. That, yeah, yeah. Because then you have to pass them through your penis. Very painful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so a kidney stone. That we, that he has the biggest kidney stone we've ever seen ever, and it's so big that if we were to remove it and do the surgery, he may pass in surgery. And he's in so much pain, and we're trying to alleviate the pain by you know, mm-hmm. you know, trying to help him pee for him, that kind of thing. And they're like, it's at a point now, and he was ten, and it, I guess pugs don't live longer than nine, ten years old, eleven at the most because of a lot of different health issues. And he goes, she goes, I hate to say it, but we could try and he's going to pass on the table uh, or it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's probably best you just let him go. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, let him go? I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you know, we'll, 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 we'll put you in a room. You can hang out with him for a couple hours and then, and then we're going to give him a shot and then he's just going to go. And I was like, 
I was like, oh my God, okay. So I was like, well, she goes, well, and we'll do it in, in the next 30 minutes. And I was like, I don't have, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this in the next 30 minutes. I need, I need one more day with him. And I was like, can you please release his bladder and give me a day with him? And they're like, yeah, well, of course, no problem. We'll do that. So they released his bladder. I went home with him that day. And, and then the next morning, or we woke up and we had a full day. We like went to the park. We brought Marley along to play with him. And even Marley could kind of tell something was wrong. Like it was like, cause they'd been together for almost 10 years. Like something was not okay with him because he kept licking him in a different way and he could tell that it was the final moment <sighs> i'm gonna i'm literally sitting here about to cry if that makes you feel any me better. too <laughs> sorry you so don't have to keep talking about this uh, anyway so yeah I keep on crying no it's okay listen we're just gonna Continue uh, moving forward because I uh, think so many people can feel that hurt and that pain because most people in their life have experienced the loss of a pet and yeah, nothing is like it. It's tough. And all I can, I will end this by saying it sounds like you gave him the best last day he could ever have. Yeah. And I think that's so awesome because most of the time we don't get that. So, yeah. We'll end it there before I start crying because I am about to. <laughs> How do we even get to this point? I do this to myself. <laughs> I mean, listen, we just talk about all the uh. things in life. And even our next segment is going to be about animals, but it'll be a lot more lighthearted, <laughs> so it's fine. Okay. We're just going to, we'll, we'll move to the next phase. All right, cool. Thank you. But thank you for sharing that story with us. Welcome, Because I think it's really cool to share his memory. Yeah, exactly. So here you guys can hear... This is a strange transition. I'm going to start crying, but um, here's Raymundo pitching that he wants to have a contract. Number six. Raymundo, our audio producer, has been inspired by Amy in the electronics contract that she's having her kids sign. Amy, could you just quickly revisit this for us, this idea of what you're doing with your kids? Yeah, so we're working on a technology contract, which is just something that's in writing so that the kids know the ground rules of anything like video games, self, like iPad stuff, any of usage like that. The rules are on paper, so nobody can sway from those. Like we're, we know what it is and we, we lean into that and their phone will belong to me if they break the rules or whatever it is, the item. Raymundo, so how have you been inspired by Amy's electronics contract? Yeah, I'm all into the contract game now. I got my wife a bike for her. It's an indoor bike that she rides, watches TV while she's riding it. And I thought, hey, why not make her sign a contract where she has to ride it every week? So I said three <laughs> three times a this week she has to get on that bad boy for 20 to 30 minutes. She needs to take a selfie while she's doing it for proof. And there are ways that she can get out of it. If she suffers an injury, if there's a bike malfa- a malfunction, also if we're on vacation, she can't do it. But other than that, she'll get the bike put on Craigslist if she doesn't do those three workouts a week okay. now till the end of so, time. Okay. Amy, go ahead. You well, can have this. So, cause, so I get it. I, at first, I was thinking you're trying to force workouts, but you're not saying it's really not about her working out or not. It's just that you've invested in this bike and you want to make sure it gets used. If it doesn't get used, you're going to sell it. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, the that, contract thing, I'm all on board for yeah. that. I love that. You should preface any time you bring this up, you should preface it with that, that it's about that. Because at first, it makes you sound like a real jerk towards your wife mm-hmm. and working out but I could see that I mean yeah if I could see if you're spending money on a nice piece of workout equipment you want to make sure it gets used I don't know Bobby your thoughts 
It's a slippery slope. You can't go contracting everything because you'll get that <laughs> crap put back on you. Yeah. Like Amy's the mom. They're the kids. If they're overusing things like their phone and tablet, they, they need to learn. I do this. I could, I could see if my wife did this because I was overusing it, but never for underusing it. I think. But, but then it's a waste of ahead. money. Okay. But everybody wastes, wastes money on all kinds of stuff. Are you going to order Uber Eats all the time, but you don't eat all your food three times in a week? What are you going to take Uber Eats away? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's a slippery <laughs> slope to punish someone for not doing it enough. Mm-hmm. Especially like, to sell it back. Oh, humbug, Ray. It's Christmas season. What's up, buddy? Well, I mean, I appreciate Amy for the inspiration. Thank you. You're welcome. Have you presented this scenario to your wife? Yeah, she's signing. She's already knocked out two workouts for the week. She's got one more left. Wow. It also sounds like you're trying to make her work out more, Ray. I'll be honest. It does feel like that. I mean, it may sound like that, but also it's a fun but little it's... contract, just like a marriage contract. Contracts wow. are life. We've all signed Give contracts him... every okay. day. He's not denying it. a marriage it. contract? He's I mean, not... we all signed one, didn't we? Uh, no. A marriage contract? <laughs> a marriage license? No, please tell us about yours, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you saying you, you signed a prenup, Ray? No, no, no. I'm, uh, okay. <laughs> I did not do that. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Amy's family has had so much going on lately. They welcomed a cat earlier this year, and now they have welcomed another animal to their family, a betta fish. And if you were ever a kid, you've likely had a fish growing up. A lot of that is a first pet for a lot of people. But for Amy's house, they now have a dog, cat, and a fish. Now, Steve, listen. (laughs) I'm not I'm not gonna make us cry again. Yeah. No more dead dog talk. That's okay. <laughs> I you know, we were just talking about how, you know, Eddie's cried on here, Lunchbox has cried on here, now you've cried on here. <laughs> I think it's a great space for all of us to yeah. have these conversations and it's so awesome. But we are gonna talk about a happy subject. Now, if there's an animal that you could have in your life that you could have in in your family, what would it be? We all want dogs. We all want cats, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. We can have those. So I, I'm like Amy where I've, I've experienced a lot of the animals in my life growing up. Like I've had a monitor, a Savannah monitor. What is a monitor? So if you look at a picture really quick, it's basically uh, like a cousin to the Komodo dragon. And it's a pet. It's a reptile. Um, and they can oh, grow wow. to be like Huge. massive, like the size of a big dog. Yeah. So I've had a Savannah monitor and I've had a ball python Wait, snake. Wait, how big was yours? Mine was the size of a cat. Uh, it was a, it was a baby at first. It was like something you could fit in the palm of your hand, and you feed it crickets and mealworms, and then it starts to get into a point where it was hard for me to then continue feeding him because then you're starting to feed him like mice, like oh. little like oh. pinky mi- pinky mouse, which that's easier because you put it in there and it's just it's not it's like it, it's hard. But then then you have to put a, like a, a, a rat in there and it has to then eat a rat. Yeah, no, that's tough. <sighs> it's tough to give him a, a, another living thing and feed it to them. Yeah, but, this thing looks like an alligator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they were oh cool God. though because because you look at it and you're you're afraid of it, but they're very much like a dog. They would he would like sit with me on my couch and like hang out with me and watch TV. Except it's not soft. It's not soft it's, at all. It's scaly. It looks like right. Like it's kind of it may have like softer scales, but it's still scaly. It's still rough and rigid and scaly, and, and it's a reptile. But it would sit with me like a cat or a dog would on the couch and just chill with me and watch TV. <laughs> we watch Family Guy, and he'd hang there and watch TV with me. <laughs> I'm just picturing you sitting on a couch watching Family Guy with this giant lizard. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so there was okay. a point when I was living on my own. I was 18. I was living in and we talked about on the we did on, on the main show or as the guys call it, the big show. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was living in that the guest house of that mansion in Orlando. Yeah. And so I, that was like I was just figuring myself out. I was 18, 19 and I was living in that guest house and I was like I want an animal but I didn't want a dog cuz I didn't have the time for a dog and reptiles mm-hmm. are easier when you're not at when you're at work you just they they just they're there. They don't really so need much attention. This is what you got. So I got a Savannah monitor from a, a place in Castleberry, Florida, and then I got a ball python. The snake I was—I don't know why I got it because I was so terrified of the of it the entire time. Even <laughs> though they say they're docile and they're fine and they're cool, I was still nervous. It's a snake, so and you got one anyway. I got one anyway, and I had both of them. I enjoyed the monitor more. He was a really really cool pet. Um, what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how big was the python? The ball python. To the point that I had it, it got up to, I would say, maybe a foot or so long, and it was growing. And then I got to a point where I was just, I was terrified of it, so I gave it to a friend because I just couldn't do it anymore. I kept the monitor. Did the friend keep it? The friend kept it, as far as I know. I I don't know how long he had it. Yeah. He was a friend in the moment. It wasn't like a a long-term friend. So what happened to the monitor? The monitor I also ended up giving to a friend. such a weird name for an animal. A monitor, yeah. I'm thinking like a computer monitor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Savannah monitor. Okay, so you gave it to a friend. Uh Uh-huh. Did the friend keep it? The friend kept it, as far as I know. Okay. Yeah, because then a few years later I left and I moved to California, so I didn't keep up with some of those people. So how long did you have both of those animals for? I had the monitor for uh, close to two years. The ball python, shy of a year. Because again, I was ter- I was terrified of it. I don't know I even know why I bought it in the first place. <laughs> okay, so you've already explored some. Um, what do you call them? Uh, wi- not wild animals, but uh, um, exotic animals. Exotic, yes. That was the word I was looking yes. for. So you've already explored some exotic animals. Now that you've experienced that and you've had dogs, mm-hmm. what would you ideally have now in your adult life if you could have any animal? I think it'd be cool to have a chinchilla. Mostly just because it's fun to say the word chinchilla. Don't they kind of look like armadillos? Look like armadillos or like like a little Pikachu, like a life size, like a life like Pikachu. Yeah, but they have the big ears, right? Yeah, I think yeah. they're really cute. Yeah, they are really cute. They're cute. Like, I mean, of course, I'd want to have like a monkey or something, but I feel like that's wrong to own a monkey. No, this is this is in a perfect world. Oh, okay. If you can own anything. Oh, if I can own anything and there is and, no and boundaries and and you could give them the best space of their life. Oh, I'd probably want a giraffe or a. Or a monkey, yeah, like like yeah. a like a monkey would be cool. I have seen, and and I also this is I have like a complex about it. But early on, when I started um, this job just in Nashville, working like as the digital director, I went to the exotic pet expo. Okay. And I saw so many different things that you can own. Oh yeah. That I don't think you should be able to own. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> um, lots of uh, what. Foxes, Arctic, Arctic could, fox. A fox? Mm-hmm. A wild fox? And I've now that I've gone to that and now that I've been on TikTok, they're all over TikTok. People own these different animals and uh-huh. some people do have the space for them in the right situations, but most people don't, right? Like, yeah. They, they say have, they do, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. So you could have foxes. They had a kangaroo. An actual kangaroo? Uh-huh. It was a mini one. It was a different version than like the the one like it's huge, but it was a mini one and she had she was carrying it around in a pouch. It was a freaking kangaroo. But they see that's the thing though. When they say it doesn't get bigger, like you people have bought dogs before and they go, Oh, it's a miniature. That's and also what up, people say about pigs. Exactly. And they end up becoming these massive animals mm-hmm. and then it's too late and nothing you can do about it. Now it's yours. Yeah, could you imagine you have a kangaroo hopping around your house? Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Walking around <laughs> the punching tail things. would kill you in your sleep. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So there's a kangaroo. There was a, a finger monkey. 
literally the size of my finger, a, a monkey. A monkey? That like wraps around you. I, I shouldn't say the size of my finger. It's probably about the size of my palm. But he grasps onto your finger and you hold him like that. That is actually pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. That's Teeny really cool. tiny. <laughs> so tiny. Um, and then, of course, sugar gliders, which I've always wanted What's one a sugar of those. Glider? They're flying squirrels. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where they those. have the yeah. little, like, bat wings. Yeah, yeah. Those are pretty cool. I love flying. I love them. Those are really cool, yeah. But they're, um, they stay up at night. They're nocturnal. So I uh, never owned one. I was I like, would I never want that. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. Especially doing a morning radio show. You don't want to add that ever. Yes, but they're so cool. I've, I've always seen people carry them. There was one time when I was at a volleyball tournament and somebody brought their sugar glider uh-huh. and it was sleeping in her hoodie. Oh, that's so cool. And then during like the breaks of the volleyball matches, she'd bring it out and it'd just hop across the whole place. Like fly. Just like free fly? And then go back to her. What? <laughs> I was like, I want one. I've always wanted one since that time that I saw that. What are they, do you know what they cost? Like how much, how much they're, because I, I imagine these are expensive, right? A couple hundred. Well, it's not too bad. I, at least last, that was like 10 years ago when I looked into okay, it. Okay, yeah. So it's definitely possible they cost more now too. Yeah. Um, and I think you're supposed to buy them in pairs. Okay. One of those animals. Um. So that was one that I wanted, but if I, it, I'm telling, I held, I also held a python there. With, I did the whole Britney Spears moment. Oh, okay, there was a yellow cool. massive python, and I was like, I have to Britney Spears this. Oh yeah. So I did, but it was a wild experience. I was like, I, so many of these animals should not be here. I, I had a lot of informative conversations. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'll say. Yeah, I feel like some of those animals are not meant to be. And captive. They're supposed yes. to be wild animals and call me a hippie, whatever you want to say no, about I, me. I agree. I, but most of the time, people who are listening that will not agree with me, us, is I feel like they're wild. They're wild. And would you want to, would you want me to buy you and put you in a cage and hold you in, in hostage yeah. and feed you food that I think you want for the rest of your life? Would you want that? No, No. you wouldn't. No, you want to be able to get in your car and drive and go places and be and go be a social and go to restaurants and Mm -hmm. go to the mall and and go wherever you want to go. But when you're when you take a wild animal like a fox, you're taking it from a habitat that it's that it's meant to be in Mm -hmm. and putting it in your home because you're selfish. The only the only two times that I see zoos are even complicated for me. Yeah. The only two times that I see a purpose in having animals is a rehabilitation. Rehabilitation, yeah. You knew what I was trying to say. Where, like, something happened to them and they can't be in the wild. Yep. Cool. Love that. Or they are almost going extinct. And so there's, like, a place. So we have a a zoo back home, but we also have a place called Tanganyika. And they are helping to breed the almost extinct species. And I love that. So they can continue to produce and we can have more and they don't go extinct. Yes, that's great. The two situations that I believe it's okay. Mm -hmm. Besides that, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah. If it's just there because you have to check the box, so you have to have a giraffe in there. Okay, well, then just don't have a giraffe. Yeah. Or wait until there's a giraffe that needs to be in, that's injured and needs rehabilitation. No, I can't say it now. <laughs> it's a hard word. Rehabilitating. Then sure, you bring it in. But if you're just having an animal there to check a box because you need to have a lion in that cage that's or whatever the animal is, that I, th- I feel like that's wrong too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that took a lot of time for me to learn though too because like – uh, you know, when my parents took us on vacation younger, like I've swam with dolphins. Yeah. I've done animal experiences and I thought it was so cool, but it didn't happen until I got older where I was like, that's so wrong. You have perspective on it. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it took me that time because of course those experiences are so cool. Yeah. And like you can still have them with these rehabilitation centers. Now I can yeah. say Yeah. <laughs> and um, you can have them with these places um, that are, you know, like that place in Tanganyika. 
they do stuff for charity and stuff, so you can get still those cool experiences without harming the animals. Yeah. The dolphin thing was was new to me, too, because growing up in Orlando, there's Discovery Cove and there's mm-hmm. SeaWorld and all these things, and that that's like a big thing, and it costs a lot of money to go yeah. and experience that, and I never could afford it at the time. And then when I moved to San Francisco, they have a place there, Six Flags, Discovery Kingdom, and it's also, it used to be a zoo way back in the day, and they kind of just kept that portion of it. And I remember going one day and people in SF are very woke and they've been woke since the seventies and <laughs> me coming from Florida. No one was woke there. Maybe, maybe now there's people that are, you know, privy to things that are right and wrong. Yeah. But at the time it was kind of like, you know, whatever we do, we want to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I went to San Francisco where they've been, they've been fighting the good fight for forever. And I remember getting the invite saying, Hey, we're doing a media day out at discovery kingdom. Come on down. We're, you know, we're opening up a new roller coaster. And while you're there, we may open up the dolphin uh, swimming experience. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Woo, this is so cool. I've always wanted to swim with dolphins. And I was like trying to see who wanted to go with me. And they're like, they're like F that I ain't going to that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I'm like, there's a new roller coaster. We're going to swim with dolphins. Like I'm not swimming with the dolphin. That's so wrong and then they were like educating me like left and right of how this is wrong and showing me videos on youtube and i was like oh my god i never never thought about it that way i never had full perspective on that whole th- i just thought it was cool like to, you know mm-hmm. swim with the dolphin that's amazing well yeah well into like um coming you know from the life you've talked about coming from a small town in kansas for, yeah. for me like when you get to see the world in a different way, you're like, this is awesome. Yeah. I will do everything to see the world in a different way. Uh-huh. But until like you get older and have perspective on it, it's really hard to feel that way, right? Like you totally. have to have experienced it and know and and seen enough things in your life to finally look back on that. Like there in most of these experiences that I've had happened down in the islands or on uh, or in Mexico all through cruises. Okay, yeah. They all the excursions that yep. they do, yeah. And so, like, one of them was the swimming with the dolphins, which I did. One of them was um, you could hold a cub, a little leopard oh, wow. cub. Mm-hmm. Oh and gosh. I still have, like, these pictures. And I'm like, yeah. it was such a cool thing. But, like, I look at those animals now and I'm like, I feel for them. Like, that should not have been happening. Yeah. As much as, like, I would love to have that experience, I shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You had the experience, but you almost feel guilty for doing mm-hmm. it. And like going back to the dolphin thing, you're damn right I went. I swam with that dolphin. See? Because <laughs> I was like, well, thank you for the education, but I've been wanting to do this for 20-something years. I'm going to go do it. And I have a picture of me holding on to the fin, mm-hmm. grinning ear to ear. Yep. And, then, and I look back at that like you, and I look at it, and I go, oh, that was fun. But that dolphin looks like he was hating life. Yeah. Like yeah. just just so crazy. But, but totally things that newly a part of my educational experience in life in the last like five years yeah that's very new because I'm a huge animal lover I've always been and so like I was always like oh I'm learning about the animals I get to see what they're like I get to make sure I know about them and stuff and then I got older and I was like that is not 100% what I should have been doing (laughs) yes but that's good of you to to be open to changing who you are because some people get so stuck in their way and even though they know it's wrong they're like well I've always done it this way mm-hmm. and you're like well that's fine but it's okay to evolve that's the whole point of the human race is for us to change and evolve and become better it's okay that you did something in the past but you learn from it and you won't do it ever again that's the whole point sometimes we have to learn by doing yep and not all of us just know because we were born that way not everyone was like for example like people in San Francisco they were exposed to to all these things and they were told what was right and what was wrong and where I was from it was just like hell yeah just go do it it's fun <laughs> you know every every place is different has different cultures and different uh, upbringings and so it's okay to to accept that something you did before was wrong and it's okay to understand the, the way it is now mm-hmm. but some people just get so stuck in their ways and they get so angry and they're so like well this is the way I've always done it and you're like 
but that's not. That's not what you're supposed to do. It's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's okay because you because you're fighting it because you know damn right that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So just go, just go. You know what? You're right. Yep. You know what? They're right. That is we actually wrong. We have a wrong. huge complex about admitting other people are wrong or yes. right. Right. And it's the mm-hmm. hardest thing to admit that you're wrong, and it is. Even mm-hmm. though I'm accepting of of knowing that I'm trying to evolve and change, I sometimes will be like, "Well, f that." You know, I'm right, and I'm like, "But I'm not right." Okay, take a deep breath. Just just own it and move on. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's better to do that. Than it is to just stick in your way, just be sticking your guns it takes in your ways. A, take a lot of inner work to get there, though. Yeah, it a is. A lot of, of realizing your life, realizing the impact you make and stuff like that. Because it, it's no different than, like, recycling things. I never recycled. Oh my Until, god! I, oh my god! That's the one thing that's so hard to, like, moving here, Ray threw away a, a, a bottle one time, and I was like, whoa! Yeah. What are you doing? He goes, I'm throwing away my trash, dude, bro, or pimp, or whatever. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is there no recycling bins here? He's like, we don't recycle. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. We don't recycle here? And then I went home, and we were and we bought our first home here, and they didn't, didn't come with a recycling bin. And you have to, like, collect. Like, my garage, I'm like a, I'm like, I'm like a, one of those, like, crazy homeless ladies with a shopping cart full of plastic bottles. I have all these plastic bottles and boxes and things in my garage, and once a month, I have to go to a recycling center and drop it off because they don't Dang. pick it up from my house. Wait, really? Yes. They pick it up from mine? Yeah, where I live, they don't pick it up. I live in an area where apparently mm. it's, we've always thrown away our recyclings. Gotcha. So that's going to my point of earlier. Tough to change. It's very tough to change some people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like when I saw Ray throw away a freaking can of cocoa, I was like, it like part of me died. I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. What? Oh, well, and, and the person who changed that all for me was Lunchbox. He's a huge recycler. He is. Like- a stickler about. If you throw away paper, he will hurt you. Yeah. And I kept seeing him doing it. I was like, you know what? I should look into that. And I did. Yeah. And now I recycle. That's good. But again, something that happened in my last two years when I bought a house, I was like, I'm going to do this here. Yeah, you should. And that's great. Yeah. That's a good thing. That That's good of you to like, okay, I, something I did before, I did it, but it wasn't right. And here's how I can change it moving forward. And then people are always like, well, you've, you've done that. So you've already damaged the environment from before. Well, you did, but now you have to, take a, now you have to stop. And fix it now for the for the future. I'd rather at least do something about it now than do nothing. Then keep doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you, lately, for whatever reason, when I've been out in public, like in a mall parking lot, movie park, whatever, I have seen at least five people litter. Oh, that's another thing, too. Openly. Yeah. Why? Rolling down the window while driving and throwing a cup out. I'm yeah. Like, like, is this 1986? Mm-hmm. Like, where the hell are we? We were... There was a situation that happened. So when Mike D's birthday happened, we were all at the movies, right? Yeah, yeah. And Lunchbox and his wife were in the same parking lot as I was in the car. And I had literally witnessed a person litter. Like watched it happen. Watched them in the car. They were still sitting in their car. And I told Lunchbox. And he hunted them down. Oh, he did it. Okay. And he was like, don't do that. Like, oh, yeah. And I, I was like, Lunchbox, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I think they're a little, I, I think they may have a gun or something. You That's why careful. I'm afraid of people carrying guns around yes. here. Yeah. So I'm like, because I used to be the person that would go up to their window and go, you dropped this. Mm-hmm. But now I'm afraid of people carrying guns. So I, I don't know. do it anymore. I know. So see, he, he did from afar. And then as soon as they left, he went and picked it up. Yeah. I was afraid of the whole situation. So that's why I told Lunchbox. I was like, I'm not touching this. But like, I saw it happen. <laughs> yeah. And you just want to get their license plate. This is what it is. I have that. Yeah. But. I've seen it happen so much more lately. Yeah, I don't get it. I feel it. like it should be the reverse. It should be the reverse. People are are caring less. <sighs> yeah. So what I do is I just go pick it up and I throw it away for them. Yeah. And usually when they throw it out, if they're not in a driving scenario, there's usually a trash can within three feet. 
Mm-hmm. It's the same people who won't who won't push the cart into the cart corral. Yes, and they'll put it up, they'll wheel it up onto the curb, and three feet from their car is the freaking cart corral. Just turn around and put it in there. Mm-hmm. Quit being so lazy. It's bad. It's really bad right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I'm just feeling it, feeling the weight of people just like carelessness. Yeah, it's really bothersome. Mm-hmm. It really, and I don't know how you can change it or or how we. Because it's like we were in a, we were in a path where we were getting better, mm-hmm. and then we just like hit this dark path again. And maybe it was the pandemic, maybe it was our, our, our previous president. I don't know what it was, but something just like hit where everyone stopped caring again. Mm-hmm. And I, and it just it really bothers me because I have children now, and I want them to not have to live with with our mistakes and our carelessness. I know. And so it really bothers. It's like it really. It's like I just want to collect my family and move to Hawaii and get the hell out of here. And I'm live, not and sure Hawaii is much better. We're, it's still the states. Still the states, but over there they care. They care about the land because yeah. they're so proud they do of it. They care about the land. They're very proud yes. of their of their islands because it's theirs, and they don't like the Howleys. Isn't they don't there like us. An active volcano over there. That's fine. I'll take an active volcano <laughs> over these active ass jerks. <laughs> <laughs> you almost said it. <laughs> Though I do think you can say it on podcast. You can say it on podcast, but it, it airs the yeah. Bible show yeah. for you, so I want to be uh, cautious. Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true about Hawaii. I'll, I will say that they they do care about their land. But yeah, they're yeah, very proud. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling that. I just I something is going on, and it makes it it makes it really hard to stay positive all the time because you're just yeah. like, why? What's the purpose of staying positive? Nobody else can do it. Exactly. But I think that's the problem then that we have to I continue know. to be because to fix those who aren't, it's like it's like you fix one and then hopefully it spreads to more and more and more and more. But you know, like it, it's like an illustration, like a kid's illustration where you see like a dark cloud and it yeah. just keeps following. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The only way to keep pushing it back is to stay positive. But like it's expanding. Oh, yeah. It's so, so hard like to it's really hard to yeah. stay on that that gray area. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm just I'm just picturing a nice little illustration right now. But oh, man. Well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm really upset. <laughs> we went from crying to being upset. So I'm, I'm not sure the direction we're headed in, y'all. But we're going to try and maybe eh, lighten this one? up a little. <laughs> well, listen. So I have I have some things coming up. Okay. But but one of them. Once again, about the lack of attention. Okay. Well, so, I mean, we'll, we'll get through it. Well, we're, we're going through all the emotions. We've cried, like you said. We've gotten angry. At some point, we'll get happy. Yes. We'll get there. Maybe. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Right now, y'all listen to Amy's family. They welcomed another animal, and Amy told us all about it. Number five. Okay, Amy, we said that you got a new animal. Let us all in your world. Well, I wasn't a part of buying this animal at all. My kids went out and they were hanging out, doing their thing with their dad, and they all come home with a fish. I'm like, what? Who who said we should get a fish? And he's like, well, both the kids wanted one. And so I'm like, great, we have a cat and the cat is going to eat the fish or something's going to happen or we're too busy taking care of the dog and the cat. And we also want to get a bird. And I've started the application process for the bird, by the way, because we were trying to adopt one. And I feel like that process is longer than the adoption for my children. So just heads up. Bobby, remember how I needed a reference for you? No? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Mm -hmm. when I... Was it for a bird? No, when I adopted... (laughs) Hey, Amy deserves this toucan more than anyone else. Oh, for your kids? Yes. Yes, yes. yes, you wrote a letter. Well, just heads up. I might need a letter from you for the bird. But anyway, back to the fish... 
I don't, I don't know what we're doing, but we now have this little fish. So far, it's alive, but there is an over-under in my house on how long it's going to survive. Oh, we should bet on this. I like it. But, but Amy, you can't kill the fish according to... <gasps> you can't bet. Yeah, because you could steer the direction exactly. of the bat. Yeah. You could flush I would it. never... I do not... I want this fish to live. I'm not going to mm-hmm. kill a fish. For Why money? do you keep winking? Why do you keep winking at me? <laughs> I'm not winking. I see dollar signs uh-huh. in your eyes. Okay. Yeah. Keep, keep winking at me. Okay. Um, you, you have the fish now. Yes. Today is December 7th. I'm going to go ahead and get on the board for when we come back from vacation after the holiday, which will be what, the third, the fourth? I'm going to go ahead and hop on the board. January 4th, that fish will be dead. So that's approximately four weeks, three weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little less than four weeks. What, today's the seventh? Uh, January 4th. Amy, what kind of fish is it, by the that's way? That's a good question. Fish, I'm going to move my weeks up. No, gonna, it's okay. one of those beta fish. Oh, oh, that's that changes my mind. Why? Because those things last forever. I they had do? one in college, yeah, almost lasted the whole four years. Mm. Okay, I'm still going January 4th. Um, Eddie? No, 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 no. My beta fish, there was this one time that we I mixed two males and then they killed each other, but I got another beta fish that lasted, I'm telling you, three years. So I'm going to say way over whatever the line is. There's no line. You have you to, pick, to a pick a day. Okay. Dude, have you ever bet before? Then, then give me <laughs> give me Tuesday, December seventh, two thousand twenty-two. Okay, write that down. We're all wow. twenty bucks. Okay. Wow. So Watch is Rocks. it is it the closest or you have to get it right? The closest. This poor uh, little fish. Man, I was gonna say it's gonna be like December twenty-fifth. Like I think it's gonna last a couple weeks, and I think Amy's gonna forget to feed it. Well, then you should take, like, tomorrow then. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm trying mm-hmm. to decide. Well, heads up. You can overfeed it, and it can eat itself to death. Oh, I'm, I'm experiencing that right now with myself. <laughs> I read if you give it too much food, you need to, if they don't eat it within, like, five minutes, you remove the food. Or, give me tomorrow. Okay. Give me tomorrow. Okay. It's dead. So Lunchbox is doing that strategically because if he takes tomorrow, he gets some of the, some of the early days as yeah. well. Um, okay. Well, we all have our dates. Raymundo, do you want to hop in on this for 20 bucks? Yeah, give me December 6th, one day before Eddie of next year, 2022. I think it's going to be a very difficult winter. (laughs) Then you got spring, summer. Once the next (laughs) fall and winter hit, I just don't see it surviving past that. So basically, Eddie, if the fish lasts beyond your date, you win. It has to live over a year for me to win, yeah. Yes, but if it it makes it there, you win. If not, (laughs) it goes to us in our bits. Let's go. The, okay. I guess, variables are forgetting to feed it. Type an average Over feeding it. The cat. Three to five years? Eating what? it. What? Thank you. How many? Three to five years. But I'm telling you, we're talking about your house, your life. I still feel pretty confident about January 4th. I mean, cat eats it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we can probably. I sneak in, <laughs> in the middle of the night and kill it. On okay. the no, you can't do that. We'll get you on video. <laughs> <laughs> we can probably play this game again if we get matched with a bird, except for the parrots we're looking at. They live to be over 100 years old. Yeah, we're, we're betting for our kids. <laughs> you know what? I bet uh, 2047. Yeah. Um, I got a couple things for you. Okay, keep us in the keep us in the loop, Amy, okay? Okay, okay. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. We always love when Dan and Shay stop by the show. They talk about all the things. This time they talked about if they've ever been in a big fight, which I know that you're dying to find out because a duo is just as hard as being in a relationship, okay? They've been together for so many years. So have they had any big fights? 
And they also talked to us about why they wrote original Christmas songs instead of just singing all the classics. So really cool interview. Also, don't forget that Amy asked them questions with only four words, and there's a reason for that. So get ready to laugh. Here is Dan and Shay. Number four on the Bobby Bones Show now. Dan and Shay. What's up, guys? What up, dude? How are you? Where are you in the world? I can't. I mean, I honestly can't say. I could text you where I am, but for some reason I can't say right now. However, this is not about me. Where are you right now? We are here in New Jersey. We're here at the Prudential Center getting ready to uh, do our show tonight. Shay yeah. sounds like movie phone. And if you're too, you know, too young, you won't get it. But Shay's like, we are in New Jersey. If you'd we like to watch E.T., press one. Newark, New Jersey, just several miles outside of the Big Apple, New York City. Um, <laughs> I'm those trams. The voice on the tram. We have a lot to talk about here, but congratulations on another Grammy nomination. So let me get that out of the way. Best country duo group performance. And I know you're going to play humble and be like, hey, it's an honor. But would you be irritated if you – because you guys are – I mean, you're the leaders in the clubhouse. You're the biggest duo happening right now, if you ask me. Would you be disappointed if you weren't nominated? I mean, you always want to be nominated, man. I mean, it, it truly is an honor to be nominated at the Grammys. I mean, it's it's a select bunch. It's there's not a ton of country categories, you know. So it's and there's so many great songs released every year. I'm not just you know being politically correct saying that it, it is really an honor. It's super exciting when we get nominated, and uh, we've won the last three years, which I think you know creates more pressure. This year, it's like, well, we got to make it four. I, I think the first thing I did was Google: Has it ever been done? Has anybody ever won four consecutive years? And I think. In my findings, I think the only I think Lenny Kravitz won in his category three years in a row. I don't know if he won the fourth year, so we're gonna we're gonna attempt it. Who knows? But I don't. You never you never know. It's a toss up, so we'll see. And uh, it gets us an invite to the show. It's always a good time out there in L.A. So we'll see what happens. I'm very curious about you two's relationship because it 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 feels like you know your relationship would take as much uh, time and care as you know, your home relationships, because you guys are together so much, you create together. Like, what is the key to being in a, in a successful duo where you must constantly compromise? I think it's much like the rules of marriage. Uh, I think there is a lot of things that you can, we've probably learned uh, in this relationship that we probably had to take into our marriages with, you know, there is a lot of compromise, you know, especially if you, you know, have different thoughts on, on certain situations. You have to just communicate that, which is something that you don't just, I don't think you're just born with knowing how to communicate, which is something that we learned kind of through doing this of just like, all right, we got to talk it out every situation. We've never really had any fights, but when we do have like little, you know, tense moments, it's always immediately kind of dissipated when we just sit down and like, all right, how do we right. make this better? Like what's, you know, we talk it through and I feel like it does take, you know, a lot of time to learn how to navigate all of those things and making sure that, you're giving each other space, but also not giving each other too much space where you're just not talking at all. You know, that can happen a lot of times in these situations. And we always, you know, make sure to, to make it a point to, to talk with each other and like, hey, how you doing? How you feeling about this? How you feeling about that? So that's definitely key. I think also I just want- keeping things consistent from how they were, you know, when we got started. We're still shared dressing room, all those things. It's like, you know, we're, we're together before the show. We're together after the show. And if it's a great show, we're celebrating it together. If the show is not so great, we're, we're lifting each other up. And it's like, at least we're going through it together, you know, no matter what we're doing. And I think uh, we've always appreciated that and valued that. So that never changes and never will change. And, uh, you know, we both have common goals. You know, it's like we want our music to be as heard by as many people as humanly possible. And it's not like one of us wants to be super commercial. One of us wants to be super cred. It's like we both want our music to be 
you know, consumed by the masses. So we're, we're working towards the same goal. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's awesome to be able to do it with somebody, you know, with your best friend. Are there times in this relationship with each of you that you go, okay, the best communication would be if we just take a break, not because we're mad at each other, but because if we're together all the time at each other's hip, like we're probably going to get on each other's nerves. Do you just go, you know what, Shay, you know what, Dan, let's just take a month and not talk. We, we don't usually take a month and not talk. We definitely take moments where when we're off the road, we're just kind of hanging with our families. So that's like all the break we need. By the time we are home for a month, we're like, hey, man, what do you want to make some music? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So that's all, the, that's all the break we ever usually need is just to, to, to be home with our families and be like, all right, let's uh, – I think everybody wants us to get back on the road right now, and it definitely helps for us to – have that space and, and time for each other. I think I can speak on behalf of, you know, most country artists when I say it, the, the model, the formula for country music touring is so healthy. I think it's, you know, you, it's usually two, three days on you do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then you're back home in Nashville. I feel like that's a really healthy balance to not be gone so long. So we can be out here, we can be having fun, we'll be, be with our band and crew. And then it's like, you get a few days at home to reset by the time, you know, Wednesday night, when you hop on that bus rolls around, our wives are like, Oh, we're, we're, all, we're glad you're going back on the road. So I think it's a perfect balance and uh, it allows us to keep things fresh. You know, the parallel that I would use is our, our morning show. When we started this, we were all very young. Uh, we weren't, you know, we didn't have kids. I mean, I still don't have kids, but we, we weren't married. We didn't have kids. We were able to, heck, we went on vacations together because our whole life was not only us doing the show, but us being together outside of the show. And there have had to be concessions when now like Amy has two kids, Amy has a husband. So we've kind of had to figure out, you know, where each of us live in that circle now that the circle is like six circles deep. And I assume with you guys and your families, that same thing has had to happen, right? Like I would guess you guys hung out all the time until you found people that you like better, meaning your wives. (laughs) Definitely, man. I mean, no, it's, it's a really cool balance to kind of figure that out, which, you know, like you said, I mean, Dan and I, we spent the first probably, I don't know, five years or six years just, it was just us 280 days out of the year we were together and probably playing shows out of all 280 of those days. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we, as we got bigger, we didn't have to play so many shows. And so we weren't together as much, but it was still, we had so much fun creating and we tried to kind of create that, that space of like, all right, we, we, we work. And then, you know, we were, we were back home with our wives and I feel like it just kind of created that, that hunger to create again, being away from each other. And we've never really had, obviously you have to, you know, have those spaces and have your family and have those moments where you're like, all right, this is the the time for the family. And, you know, we know that this is what this is. And Dan's been so great about, you know, he knows I got kids and if I got to go back to Arkansas and hang out with them, he's always great with that. And it's just kind of makes it, like you said, kind of has this a fresh creativity when we come back when you kind of respect each other in that way of, of giving each other your own space. And then it makes it more exciting when you get back together, especially after being together for so long, creating every single day it just kind of makes it exciting again. And uh, that's the way that we kind of, like you said, keep it fresh. Let me talk about kid kids for a second, Shay, because you know, on this show we were, we were talking about Adele and she was like, ah, my kid doesn't give a crap what I do. And I say, hey, if you always grow up in it, you don't really know that it's that cool to other people. Do, with your kids, do they, do they care that their dad's a big famous singer or are they just like, ah, that's dad, he does what he does? They could care less. I uh, think in the best ways. I, they, he has no. I mean, neither one of them. You know, Ames is just about to be two, and Asher's about to be five, and he he knows that. Like I go on stage, but he just like you said, being around it always. If I'm on the TV, he's like, 
what do you think you're doing, mom? I was watching a movie kind of thing, you know, like, <laughs> you know, they don't, especially when you grow up with technology, I feel like kids don't understand, like you can take a video on your phone now of dad and then you can watch it back. And so seeing it on the TV, I don't think registers with like, he's in LA or he's in New York doing a TV show. It's just like, what, who filmed dad and what movie is this? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, yeah, I've, I have a ton of these shows on my, on the mom's phone. So it's just kind of, you know, I don't think he really is registered quite yet with what I do. And I don't think he really cares all that much yet. I do want to get to the Christmas stuff in a second because, you know, we're getting into winter, which is great, I guess, for my what I would call Dan anxiety, because I get it when Dan's gone for a long time and he goes back and he mows his yard and it's like it's 10, 10 feet high. And I told him for Christmas I would buy him you know, like five mowings from a professional company. But Dan, you're so obsessed with mowing your own yard. Why, like, why can't you let this go? It's so funny. Like speaking of posting about mowing on social media, people like my mowing more than they like our music. I think, I think like (laughs) I get like five times the amount of engagement and viewership when I post a story about mowing the lawn. And it's like, we worked so hard on this song. We poured our hearts and souls into it. And it's getting, you know, 20% of what it, it's like me just mowing the lawn. Let's circle my, back to that lawn thing. Yeah, with my <laughs> craftsman mower that I bought at the Sears outlet on Thompson Lane for 200 bucks. It's still kicking, barely, barely. I, I need to invest in a new mower soon. But I don't know. It's something that's therapeutic. It's like instant gratification. Whereas music, it's like you you, you come up with an idea. You, you hear somebody say something. You write it in your phone. You write a song. You demo it. It goes through a lot of steps before you can really feel it. You know, a song like tequila or speechless these songs that we had written years ago we're finally feeling the fruits of that labor we're out on the road doing our first headlining tour and feeling fans singing back to us in a big way that takes a long time whereas mowing the grass it's like you're out there you're mowing you step back and you look at those lines and it just looks fresh like it's it's you know a couple hours of work and you can feel that immediately which is uh which is a beautiful thing i don't know i i just can't let it go i can't i spend too much time i it's an anxiety thing. I, I talk about it a lot with my wife. It's like, I, if I spent that time, like just getting my work done, instead of going out there and picking up each individual leaf that falls off the tree into the lawn and carefully placing it outside of the lawn, I feel like I would get a lot more work done and probably have a more successful career. But, you know, something about doing that landscaping satisfies my OCD. I want to play a clip of Officially Christmas. This is from Dan and Shay. Then I want to talk about this for a second. Go ahead. It's officially Christmas, and I'm officially yours. Now, do you sit down and go, all right, we have got to write a Christmas song because the world needs a Dan and Shay Christmas song? Or does someone come in and go, nah, I've been feeling pretty Christmassy. Let's, let's write this. It's something that you definitely, it's not so that just kind of came out of the blue. I mean, our fans have been asking for Christmas music from the very beginning. And I think we've gotten asked to do um, a CMA Christmas special. And we had, did, I think the first one we did was Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah. And that's just like, I mean, that's our favorite Christmas song probably of all time. And we realized that not a lot of people have original Christmas music. You know, there's like, there's the staples. You have Mariah Carey, you know, all went for Christmas. You got JB has mistletoe. That one always kind of rises to the top every year. And we were just like, man, we would love to write an original Christmas song. And so we tried that for the first time last year. And the reaction from our fans was crazy. I mean, we, we took over Mariah for like a day. Or <laughs> yeah. It was like one day. That's our claim to fame. That's our claim to fame. But uh, it just, it, the reaction was crazy. And so we were just like, man, there's something about doing an original, like people are kind of hungry for that because they don't really get it. I mean, if you think about it, not a lot of people do original 
Christmas music. And uh, it was just kind of a, a fun thing for us to get to do in August, you know, and set up a mini Christmas tree. And Dan's uh, had a lot of nice scented candles oh, yeah. in the studio. And we just kind of made a Christmas and should have said July because Christmas and July sounded better. Totally. I think it might have been July. I don't know. We procrastinate. Yes. August is like the final deadline. The label's like, yeah, you got to get your Christmas music turned in by August 31st. It's like August 29th and we haven't written the song yet. So it's always a scramble. But uh, I, yeah, we, we somehow wrangled two this year. I saw on Twitter, you said, hey guys, we're thinking about playing some Christmas songs at the show. Let us know if you want to hear it. Now, what if everybody would have said no? Would you have still played it, or was it already in the set? Would have been great. Less work to rehearse the song. Perfect, man. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. No, man, it's. Uh, I think at that point we'd already worked them into the set, and uh, we've been changing it up every night. It's fun, man. We have a. We got like a little tree that comes out of the middle of the stage. It's it's a whole deal. So it's pretty cheesy, but you know it's Christmas. Why not? Yeah. When you're you do your live show and that that thing comes down at the end, that I think it's the plus sign. And I saw you hit your head on it, Dan. I one of you <laughs> hit your head when it. But to me, it almost looks like a magic trick because when that thing comes down, then you guys disappear, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. We now reveal all the details. That's my question. Are you going to David Copperfield me here and not tell me how you disappear on stage? You got you got to tell us where you are in the world right now. And then yeah, yeah. Out the I know where he is. I'll tell you. I'll we're, tell you after. I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal it right here on Doc. So we're uh, we're nearing the end of our tour, and that's been our debate. It's like we have this stage. This plus sign is out in the middle of the arena. It's surrounded by the pit and all the seats. It's in the middle of the floor. And our fans, they've speculated how we get out there, and we're debating whether we want to do like a big social media reveal of how we get out there, or just like leave them hanging. I think we'll probably yeah. leave them hanging. Or on the last show, just do something completely different. They think they've got it figured out, and then we just come down from the ceiling just out of nowhere. Well, respectfully, this is bull crap that you're not telling me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you after. We'll share secrets. Okay. Now we, that that Fair plus enough. side is like, it's pretty insane, man. It's like a transformer. It's fully automated. It goes up 30 feet in the air and goes to the ground. It's, it's magic. It also costs a lot of okay, money, so we'll try to get as much use out of it as possible. Expensive magic. Working theory here that you're not actually in the arenas. Uh, those are just holograms of you two. Because w one night I saw that you guys were playing in like Atlantic City and uh, Dan was at home at the same time. That's a theory out there. So I'm just letting everybody know that maybe no, that's how they escaped. I'm not saying it's a escaped. bad theory. Um, we, I've yes. actually never left Nashville. I'm in my house right now. <laughs> the technology is honestly – Take the mask off. Take the <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage face off. You know what's the craziest thing is that I'm actually Dan. That's been a, a thing we've had oh, going wow. on since the beginning. Yeah. That is yeah. a waste of everyone's time because it makes <laughs> it, no it sense. Been. But uh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, Amy, you have, a, you have a question for Dan and Shay. Yeah. Have a favorite pie? Hey, guys. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Ha have a favorite pie? <laughs> oh, have a favorite pie. I thought you were saying, but that sounded not like a question. It sounded like a, have a favorite pie. Why don't you? you know? like, all right. Well, I, I, I guess I'll choose uh, this. I think my favorite pie uh, right now, it kind of goes, it used to be pumpkin pie my entire life growing up, but my wife makes pecan pie and that has overtaken my entire life. If Hannah makes a pie for like the neighbors, they're usually probably not going to get that pie. I tell her I take it to them. But uh, it's honestly a real problem. I'm addicted to, to pecan pie. On so. Thanksgiving, Abby made a vegan thing or a pumpkin pie, and nobody else ate it. I, there was there was a pecan pie that everybody ate, 
and the, uh, the pumpkin pie after everybody left. I was eating it. I cut it up and I ate it like for the next four days, like pizza. I mean, it was like oh, yeah. I was picking it up by the crust and just eating no fork. It was it was a mess, but it was so good. It was very good. I, I feel like that's going to be a staple once a week. Make yeah, a pumpkin pie. A yeah, not it's not just a Thanksgiving thing anymore. There you Big go. fan. Amy, you have another question for Dan and Shay? Read any books lately? Sure haven't, Amy. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last book I read, man. No, I sure haven't. Uh, that was a short question. <laughs> what about save money or spend? Uh, I save all my money. I, I, I have spent like probably 300 to- total dollars in the last like five to 10 years. I don't, I don't spend any money. I got, yeah, I, I spent zero dollars. And that's why we're yin and yang because I, I love to spend money. <laughs> I, I don't love to spend. I got I got two kids, so that kind of takes up the the chunk of the budget. Let me play. Pick out a Christmas tree from Dan and Shay. Here here's the clip. Pick out a Christmas tree, top shelf in aisle three. We'll tie it to the car. Hey, don't forget the star. And when we get back home, plug it in and watch it go. So add these to your Christmas collection of songs that you start playing, well, now. Uh, they have Officially Christmas and Pick Out a Christmas Tree. Uh, Still My Love is rocking. You're going out with Kenny, which is going to be a massive tour. I mean, I guess it has to be someone who is a super, superstar for you to go and be the act in front of them because there's nobody now that's bigger than you guys except, respectfully, well, Kenny or Garth. You know what I'm saying? We'll take that, man. It's honestly been a dream of ours. Like when we heard that we got the offer for this tour, we're huge Kenny Chesney fans. Yeah. I mean, all those songs are songs that, you know, we kind of looked at early on and been like, I want to write like this is the perfect country song. You know, I go back, don't blink all these songs that are just like, holy crap, you know, and he's still putting out hits, you know, and it's it's such an honor for us to go out with him. And the thing about that I miss, honestly, about headlining is, uh, you know, obviously we love headlining and you love to do that. <clears throat> but the one thing you don't get to do as an opener, you would always, every night you get to go out and watch the show of the headliner and you get to go front of house and you kind of have that whole experience and kind of remind yourself of how cool it is, you know, from that side of, of, uh, of the stage. And I, I kind of miss that. And that, you know, we didn't get to do that when we go out and headline and now with Kenny, I just know Dan and I are going to be out there every single night front of house, just rocking to all of those songs. And so I, I did miss getting to do that. So we're very, very humbled that he would even ask us. So we're, we're pretty pumped. Amy, one more question for Dan and Shay. Do you like naps? Honestly, I'm the worst napper of all time. I can't do it. I just, I physically can't do it. I'll, I'll attempt it and I'll just lay down there and I'll start like stressing or my mind will start racing about something. And I'll be like, uh, I got to go steam my t-shirts or so I got to do something. I got to keep myself busy. I'm very, very bad at naps. You're not only, you're not a nap guy, but he's not a sleep guy either. No. He does, and it he shows. Doesn't, he doesn't sleep either. Yeah. I'm, I can't, I, I, I've tried to take naps, but. My kids take naps, and that's usually like the only quiet time that we get. So naps are a, a no-go for me. These are hard-hitting questions, Amy. I appreciate you. <laughs> well, no listen, j- just, <laughs> just so you guys can be let in, we rolled a dice, and it landed on four before you guys came on. So Amy could only ask questions with four words, meaning what, favorite pie now? <laughs> so she only had four words. I love it. Didn't I even get it. the question mark <laughs> in there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
mean, yeah. So that's why I worked in like read any books lately. But y'all went, y'all went along with it. You answered the questions well. Pretty so. good. Thanks, guys. Well, for Christmas, let me say this. For Christmas, what I would like to do for you two is if you're ever in an argument and it's split 50-50, you call me, I'll be the deciding vote. Because I understand how hard a one-on-one can be. If you need a tying vote, I offer you that insight, knowledge, opinion. Anytime you guys need it, let me know. Only because I passed on the, the grass mowing certificates. That's yes. true. That's true. I was going to get that. Okay, help right Dan now, and Bobby, where are you at right now? You said you said you were some. If we needed to get a hold of you, you're at uh, the same cell phone number that both of you have, and you can just text okay. me, oh. and I will Perfect. I will get right back to it. Wait, yes. and then All right, Dan and uh, Shay. I have yes, one, I have one more that we need to know because speaking of uh, debates and ties, I have one more question: Home Alone Christmas movie? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's my favorite Christmas movie. Thank you. Unreal. All right, I, also, the dumb, uh, dumbest two note. people we've had on the air in a long time. <laughs> We're going to go now. All right. This is a side note, but I watched all Jingle All the Way the other night, and there's a great reveal. I posted this on Instagram. He, yeah, yeah Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger amazing. is dressed up as Turbo Man. He is Turbo Man at yeah. the end. And his, they don't, his family, his wife and his kid don't know that it's Arnold until he yeah, takes I mean, off. It's clearly How do you Arnold. not know that you it's can, Arnold? It's see-through goggles. It's still no time. How do you not know that that's Arnold? And they're so blown away, like, I, Dad? Howard? <laughs> Howard? <laughs> blown away. Couldn't believe it. All right, Dan and Shay, uh, they have two Christmas songs, officially Christmas, and pick out a Christmas tree. Uh, add them to your playlist during Christmas, because every time you stream one of their songs, an angel gets its wings, and that is a proven fact, and I didn't just make that up. Um, at Dan and Shay, and guys, uh, Merry Christmas. We'll see you guys soon, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Love you guys, man. Merry Christmas. Good All talking right. to you. Bye. Love y'all. <laughs> It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Now, I said that this may get happier, but like I said, we also have to go through one more story to get there. (laughs) Um, Amy shared on the show this week that there was a car break in and shooting near her house. Crazy stuff went down. Oh, yeah. And I literally have in my notes what we started talking about. Previously, when it when we were talking about just the state of the universe, <laughs> and it was like I literally have in my notes. I feel like there's a lack of attention going on in the world right now because outside of the littering that I've been experiencing of, of seeing people do it, I've also had so many people almost wreck into me, like, like car accidents. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, if I was not being a defensive driver on like a hundred fifty percent scale. I would have been in at least six wrecks by now. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It's so bad. People just aren't paying attention. Yes. People, like, I've seen dudes like watch movies on their phone while they're driving. Mm-hmm. Like up on the dash. they like, well, it's hands free, but you're still watching a film when you should be watching the road. Like we're on the road for traffic isn't that means bad, but it's not nearly as bad as other places like L.A. or S.F. where you're crawling and you're going you're going a mile an hour, not even moving sometimes for 30 minutes straight. You're driving. You're moving. Your destination takes 15 to 30 minutes max to get to where you have to get to. Just get there mm-hmm. and then watch your stupid movie or check whatever you need to check. Like it, it gets, it, the, again, the lack of attention and the lack of care for others is why we're having these issues. Yep. I think that's the the latter. Like, yes, 100% lack of attention. Yeah. But I think you hit the nail on the head. It's It's care for others. Yes. And maybe it's because we've had to care about others for so this this two year like very stint where it was just we we're talking about others, others, everybody yeah. doing things for other people, which was 
a great space for us to be in, right? That, yeah. that there's never enough of that. And maybe because it happened for so long, people are like, no, I'm done. Yeah, I'm they're only caring it. about me now. <laughs> Very selfish world now, yeah. Yeah, I, it, well, it feels that way. I mean, like, so one incident, I was at a freaking light, and a dude just had the audacity, as I am in the middle of the intersection, to take a hard left in front of me. I was like, okay, well, I'm glad I wasn't speeding through that intersection. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of them. Uh-huh. The other one was much worse, though. I was literally turning red on a, or, or turning right on a red light, okay? And I am sitting at this red light. And some dude comes from two buck two. I have no idea where he came from. Uh, say two buck two. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think there's a different saying than T- what I actually said. Ten buck two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> also accurate for what I do. <laughs> and when I when I say what I do, I mean I mess everything up when it comes to words or phrases. <laughs> Just add that to my list. <laughs> Steve is red in the face right now laughing at me. That's funny. You also weren't here. I, I don't think you were here when uh-huh. I when I mispronounced um, Nestle. Like Nestle, like the chocolate? Yeah. What'd you call it? Nestle. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Italian is my favorite yes. one because oh, yeah. everybody makes fun of that one. But like I've had several that have happened on the show. Yeah, yeah. That's fine though. I think you shouldn't change who you are. That's what makes you who you are though. It's, it's, I think it's just, I think it's cool. It's, it's very genuine because I genuine, really yeah. don't know that it's happening. Yeah, you're trying though. You're really trying. Well, he, he, he came from Timbuktu. <laughs> Out of like the left corner, I think, uh-huh. like driving up to this this light, and literally cr- cut across all four red lanes to uh-huh. pull out in front of me, barely, like cut diagonally across, like barely, almost skimming my car. Yeah, and then like starting stopping. I'm not sure if this person was not 100 percent there. Like maybe they were drinking and driving. Maybe they were on something else. I don't yeah. know. When I tell you that I genuinely saw my life flash before my eyes, like this car came out of nowhere and it was all of a sudden right in front of me and starting and stopping. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, what's happening? What is going on? Like, I I think myself for being a defensive driver and not being on my phone, because had I been, you would have missed it. Mm hmm. We would have 100% been in an accident. Oh, yeah. And if you would have beeped your horn or, or got mad at him, mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden it's your fault. Yep. He's like, well, F you. It's like, well, no, no, no. <laughs> Do you understand what you just did? And chances are he probably missed his turn or realized he was supposed to make a right turn and what and didn't do it. You know what you can do, dude? You can go a little further and spin around, make a U-turn, and come back around and go. Mm-hmm. You can always go further to come back around and then make your turn or go to the next exit or whatever. You don't have to put others in danger because you're like, oh, crap, that's my turn. Mm -hmm. Just go a little further and turn around. Like I can be, you know what? I've never been late here, but even when I am running late to something, I still don't do that that bad. I may go a little faster than I normally do, like on a highway, Yeah, but on regular normal streets, absolutely not. No, and not doing those kind of careless Mm -hmm. maneuvers as well. It was a, have you, like, uh, uh, we've been talking about this. Have you had any experiences in, in public lately where this has been, like, you're like, what is going on? Like driving kind of thing? like Driving, what? littering, I don't know, something you're just like, what is happening? Like, did did an angry elf come on earth and take us all over? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the driving thing is just constantly. Like, I, I, can, I can't think of the exact scenarios, but I feel like every single day, at least one time, I'll have a similar scenario where somebody is going straight and out of nowhere, They'll just start going to the right in your lane. You're just like, you're coming into my lane. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, the other day, it happened um, with a Capitol Police officer. 
the, it had a, he had a license plate, and I had to Google when I got home. I was like, what does CP mean on the license plate in Tennessee? And it stands for Capitol Police. So that means a police officer at the Capitol building, right? Yes, because we okay. live in a we live in a we live in a. So if you're listening, Nashville, Capitol, <laughs> you have a guy out there driving a Denali, a GMC Denali, who is absolutely careless. So he was driving his street car. Uh, I may have been uh, their their car because it was like one of those really like murdered out all black. Mm. Like, um, like you ever seen like Secret Service type vehicles? It looked like that. It looked like that. It, was, okay. it looked like it was like a car that they would carry the governor or some sort of like um, governing official. Mm, gotcha. Okay, so, so it's likely one of their cars. It's very much one of their cars, and it wasn't his personal vehicle because I've seen other ones where it's like a a truck or a car, and it says the CP, and maybe it's just a you know a, an employee that works or I don't know. But yeah. this was actually a vehicle that had come from. One of those scenarios where I was carrying a government government official or it was an officer who was getting somewhere to pick. I don't know. Going home. I don't know. But this guy and I don't know the name of the roads here, the roads here, because I just kind of just go home. But it's like one of those freeways, like 40, like all the freeways here. It's a big circle around Nashville. Mm-hmm. And there's all these like small merges, which is another thing. Don't get me started on. <laughs> yeah, they're awful. The fact that the infrastructure here hasn't been updated. The fact that we haven't put a plan in place to update the freeways, <laughs> to put in some sort of a system in here that has like a light rail, a subway of some sort to to account for the expanding population here, the fact that the governing officials here haven't done anything about it is absolutely mind-boggling. No, and we it, just like to sit in our traffic and, and get in lots of accidents. This city is going to become like L.A. It's going to be because Los Angeles got to a point where they just gave up on their roads. And that's why traffic takes two hours to go three miles because the city gave up and didn't put money in infrastructure like San Francisco and Washington, D.C. and New York to help for all the people coming into their city. Mm-hmm. That's why San Francisco has bad traffic, but there's other ways to get to your place because there's a BART system and a Muni and a light rail and the bus system. There's ways to get around things without having to only drive. But this place, if they don't get on their crap now, it's going to become like Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, we don't have anything. There's Nothing. no bus. There's no train. There's no... Not- I don't even know what other ways there are to get around, but there's none of it. None of it. And a great city to look at, if anyone's listening, is, and I hate to say it because it's my hometown, I'm not trying to sound like a homer, Orlando, Florida, they did it right if you don't want to do public transportation. Because they don't have public transit. They have a bus. No one rides the Lynx bus. But they're freeways. Everyone for the longest time was complaining. I-4 is always under construction. 417 is always under construction. It's because it's for the future. That's why it's under construction, because they're planning for the future. I go home now after 10 years of construction. I go home now and I see what they have built. It's amazing. All the expressways and the freeways are six to eight lanes wide. When it comes to merging, you can take separate ramps to merge. And there's other ways to get places to where traffic will never be a problem there. And there will never be an issue of a last second merge or a tight merge or a weird one lane, hundred foot merge to get to the (laughs) next freeway. When you got off this freeway to get to that freeway within 50 feet, like none of that exists there because they built their freeways to become accommodating for a city that was expanding. Yeah. So if Nashville doesn't get on this now, Nashville will become just as bad, if not worse than Los Angeles. I think there was at one point a conversation about it, but I think it got pushed away. Because old politicians don't care <laughs> because they're going to die and it's not their problem. Mm-hmm. The new generation needs to come and speak up for our generation and get this fixed now because, yeah, the old guys, they don't care. Everyone who's in the office now is they're in their 80s. They don't give a crap. But, but, but you know but, what we have in Nashville? What's that? This is very sarcastic, by okay. the way. <laughs> the golf carts. <laughs> <laughs> 
I told you it was very sarcastic. Yeah, it's very sarcastic. You can get around my golf cart <laughs> if you're downtown. If you're downtown, yeah. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's their solution. Yeah. And They're of course not it's wrong. Golf. Yeah, it's it's absolutely path- it's actually pathetic. It really is pathetic. And I want to live in the city longer than than my contract. But if if they can't get it together, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can handle living in a place that hasn't progressed for mm-hmm. the population that's coming into the city. They're like, it's great. Everyone's moving here. That's great. But how are you going to accommodate for those people moving here? Yeah. What are you doing to fix that and making it to where more people will come? Because eventually you're going to become like Los Angeles where people are, it's a mass exodus. People are leaving because the cost of living and they're sick of the traffic. You're going to lose those people. They're going to come here, sure, but they're eventually going to leave if you can't get your ass together. Yeah, we've seen it happen. The only yeah. place that that hasn't happened is New York. People New go York. and they just keep staying. I keep saying, but they do have, but there's a lot of people there, but they do have transportation. They got they the have subway, a subway system and the subway system is great. Mm-hmm. So you can move to New York and not have a car and, and walk everywhere. take the subway. It's amazing. I will say I rode the subway for the first time. It was in 2019. That was the first time ever I've ever been to New York and I've ever ridden the uh-huh. subway because in Kansas, we don't. You don't have, a subway. Yeah, yeah. have any kind of public transportation yeah. that I'm aware it of. It's not too busy there, right? No, you have a listen. Our public transportation is dirt roads. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that is the the communication yeah. in Kansas. Um, but for I think I I, I said communication. You I knew what, you what I meant. I know you meant, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I rode a, a subway for the first time, and I was like, "This is amazing! I loved life on the subway." People would have thought that I like was only there to hang out on the subway. I was like, "This is just so cool! You it can is. get to so many places on a subway for a couple bucks. You could just sit there. Yeah, you don't have to drive and yell at people. It's awesome. And get an Uber. It's awesome." was amazing. That's like, when I was living in San Francisco, I moved there from Florida, so I had a car. Within the first month, I realized I don't need a car. I sold my car, so that means I had no car payment, no insurance, and no gas. I walked everywhere, took the BART, took the light rail. I took Uber was just becoming a thing back then. Um, so that you didn't need anything. You could walk everywhere, take transportation. It was amazing. So when I was like on my way to work, I could sit on the bus or take the, the light rail, and I could get some work done while I was going to work. It was a, it was so beautiful to be able to do something like that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so cool. Oh, I'm going to tell you, I felt like a kid of the future when I was experiencing these things for the first time. It's cool, right? Because well, we also took a train from Connecticut to Boston. Yes, you can do that too. Yeah, the train's a it's lot. It's like an hour and a half, two hours. But it's so cool to be able to do that. Yeah. It's a great, it's a liberating experience to be able to not have to drive and have somebody else get you to your destination. You can also multitask. You can do things. Then you can be on your phone and watch a, a movie or whatever because you're not having to drive. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So now going back to the Capitol Police officer <laughs> who cut me off. Yes. And it was an unnecessary cutting off. Yes. This is, I was driving home from work. It was a long day. I think I was up here until about 9, 30, 10 p.m. So on the road, there's nobody on the road except for me and like three other cars. Yeah. It's super late. Nobody's out. Nobody's out. So for somebody to cut me off, there's no excuse for it. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's, you have, you have a wide open freeway. You can go wherever you want. So there's a, I think it's the 40 or something or the 65, the 40 merges in the 65. And there's a point where one of the lanes as, as you're passing ne- the Nissan stadium and you're going on 65 going, I think North. So you're pat- Nissan's on your left um, and East Nashville's on your right. So there's that freeway. And then the left lane, it's a merger. It's, it's one full lane. It's like two lanes and, it, and then it merges into one lane, but it's a long merge yeah. as, you're, as you're coming in. And so I'm in the lane where it's the, where it's not the merger. It's the main one. Cause I know. I don't need to, there's no one on the road. There's no reason to merge. So I just got over in the lane. I'm driving straight. So I'm driving straight and I'm not really looking around because it's, there's no one on the road. So I'm just cruising, driving home. And then the, the merging, the merging lane is coming to an end. Like we are now at the point where the merging lane is within like a half a second of being done mm. out of absolutely nowhere. 
And mind you, there's no one to my right. Absolutely no one to my right. There was nobody over there. There's three lanes with nobody in them. This Capitol Police officer in his black GMC Denali. I wish I knew the license plate number because I would say it right now. Because I want you to get in trouble. I'm a father of two with a wife. Yeah. You're putting my life in danger because you're being a jerk and you could go around me. He or she just out of nowhere barrels on through to the left of me where the merging lane is now to the point where we are. There's no more merger. He is now or or she is now driving in the the the, uh, the what do you call the, the, the shoulder, the, the shoulder, over, the overhead. Yeah. Or, you're now driving the shoulder where there's white lines drawn across mm-hmm. it and you're up against the concrete. This person now has gone to the far left of me and is in that space. And now if I don't break because he now no longer has any more room because it's no merger and that shoulder is coming to an end. If I didn't break or slide to the right a little bit, we were going to get an accident and we're both two big vehicles where we, we could, we could be flipped. Yeah. Like I could flip over. I could, I could turn, he could flip, he could. And for no reason, there's no traffic. There's, there's no traffic. There's no reason for it. And so I have to like at the last second, thank God I'm like you and on the phone, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm a defensive driver. I like, I'm like, I don't even see it happening. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, there's a car right there. And then split second, I have to make a quick decision of like, first, I'm, I'm a little nervous and, and angry. Like, why are you even there in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then it, then, and then he cuts me off. And then I have to slowly back up a little bit and go to the right. And then it wasn't like apologetic. wasn't like waved his hand or something. Like I'm in a hurry or I don't know, your capital police, maybe you're doing something. I don't know. But again, you're, you should you should also be a really good driver because you're a capital police officer. Yeah. You're supposed to be the best driver on the road and make better decisions than what you made. And setting then, an example. Setting an example. Cut me off. And then so then and then and then so now I'm right behind him and I'm not following him. But now he thinks I'm following him because we're all we're going in the same way. So now we're driving on the 65 and we get off an exit and we're driving. And then so I just kind of want to F with him a little bit. So I, so I, so I speed up and I get I don't get like I'm not like tailgating. I'm like angry, but I'm just following him. He's got a little petty. I got a little petty. I'm like, because yeah. then because I'm looking at CP and, I, and I'm on the phone with a friend and he goes, oh, and uh, he's like in L.A. CP's Capitol Police. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to look it up when I get home to make sure. And he's like, he's probably a police officer. And, you know, he's a, he's a jerk. Yeah, he, gives, he gives me his whole spout. Um, and so, and so I'm, like, oh, I'm and I'm telling him I'm gonna follow, I'm gonna follow him a little bit. So I follow him and he gets nervous and then it, it becomes two lanes. And then, so he gets out of the lane to see if I'm going to pass him or get next to him. And so I just start driving and I just go, I go past him, but I could tell he was super nervous and got off an exit that I knew he was going to get off at cause it was not in a bad, good area of town. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, I see you. Mm. Hopefully you see me. Well, maybe he lives over in that area too. So you may see him again. Yeah, I do. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see the, the kind of car he was driving doesn't, doesn't go in that area of town. Mm. But who knows? Maybe he's going there to do something maybe. shady, oh. illegal, scary. If he's dri- if he's driving like it's that, net- he's probably net- shady. It's the next Netflix documentary. Exactly, Capitol Police corruption, as started by Scooby. Doo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so bothered. I was like, dude, like, I know. come on, man, just go to the right and go around me. It's just everyone. It's they, there's nobody above any of it right now, and it's it's really sad to me. And I I just I'm feeling it. I I touched on a little bit on like my Instagram, but I'm an empath. Part of my personality that yeah. I have is an empath. And when you're an empath, you feel the weight of the world. Like if the weight of the world is very positive and very exciting, then you feel that way. Yeah. And the people around you, everything. Every, you feel every kind of living being around you. And when the universe is not like that, it's a very dark place to be when you're an empath and you're feeling that weight. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just feeling for all my people out there that also feel that way because it's not... It's not a fun place to be in right now. It's very hard to get up every day and be like, okay, here we go again. 
Let's put yeah. one foot in front of another. Let's yeah. stay positive. And let's get through this. And, and, and it's hard. There's days that you're not going to be able to, but like it's yeah. hard. It's tough to try to stay positive and happy and excited about life. When, when this so is what's happening, happening yeah. right now. And you're seeing it. You're not, you know, it's not like you're, you experience something bad. There's bad things that happen all the time. Yeah. But like a bad experience and a bad moment in life are one thing, but for everything to feel that way. Yeah. Just very little moments when you're driving home from work or driving to work, when you're seeing people in a social experience and you're like, why is this person littering? Yeah. Just, just things that shouldn't be happening. It's the repetition and Mm -hmm. it's the constantness of it. You're just like, Oh my God. And then you just, you're trying to stay happy and then just keep getting drugged down again. Then you mm-hmm. get in a moment where you're like, okay, I'm good again. And then something else happens. You're like, I'm constantly being tested here. Mm-hmm. You're What's like, happening? Can we stop pushing my buttons? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We feel the same. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I say all of that too because Amy brought this story and it's just really sad that somebody, you know, went out to their car, happened, somebody was breaking into it, and then the person started shooting at them. And I'm just like... That person had to be going through something so dark to be in that place, to be doing that to somebody else. Yeah. And so my heart's just like in a million places right now trying to navigate what we're going through. Yeah, because you had to think about the perspective of that person. Like what led them to be that Mm -hmm. way? Because chances are there was a point in time in their life when things were fine and something had to change and happen. Like us, we could easily continue down a dark path Mm -hmm. and we could get in a place like that. But we have this... It's fire in us. It's like, okay, bad things keep happening, but it's, but it's, there's better out there and it will get good again. And I'm going to keep trying to fight the good fight. So I don't go down a super dark path of negativity and become like that or mm-hmm. get in that space or surround yourself by those kinds of people. Um, so I feel like I feel bad for people like that who have just, they've just given up yeah. when you get to that kind of point in life, you've just fully given up. And I feel, I just feel really bad. I just feel awful because mm-hmm. when you have, like, I, like I remember when I first had my son, I was leaving the hospital to, um, because I was, we were at, at the hospital, um, and then our house was like two minutes from the hospital, and so I'd go back to the house a lot to walk the dogs, like in the morning and in the afternoon and at night, and bring us back some food and stuff like that. Um, and then I remember leaving the hospital one time, and it was just right when my son was born. And, I, and out in front of the hospital, there was this homeless guy, and, and like homeless people are never around this hospital. It was almost like a sign, like it was like one of those things where it, it may not have been a homeless person. I always, I believe in like crazy phenomenons that happen and they're like figures in your life to give you perspective. God damn it. <laughs> we were supposed to be happier, Steve. Ah! Steve's going to start crying. <laughs> but it was like one of those things where I just, I just created a life and I'm like, I see this homeless person and I'm like, what happened in your life where everyone around you just gave up on you and wasn't there for you? And like, I, if something were to go wrong with me, even though if I were to discount, discount everyone from my life, I could think of at least one person who would try to help me or do something for me or give me a place to live or try to help me get back on my feet. And I felt so bad for him and, and for anyone who's homeless or down on their luck and not where they should be in life. And I'm like, how do you have nobody like mm-hmm. either, either no one is trying to help you or you've gotten so negative and so dark that you've pushed everyone away from you and they all don't want to help you because they tried and you didn't accept it. And it was just like, God, like I have a son. Like what if my son one day is, is this person and, and no one's around to help him and, and, or something just trying to the perspective of it. And I was like, God, I felt so awful. And I was like, and, and the guy was like hungry and I was like, Hey man, I'm about to go home and grab some food. If you stay here, um, you know, I'll bring you back some food. And he stood there and I brought back food and, he, and I gave him food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I don't have any cash. And I always feel weird about giving cash cause I don't want to feed into an addiction if they are an yeah, addict. You just want to help them along the way. Yes. Or if, or if they're dealing with something where they're being forced to get money for a pimp of some sort, um, 
whatever. So I was like, I'm going to give him food. This guy was clearly hungry. So I was like, I'll, I'll always feed somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just like, I just, the perspective hit me. I was like, man, I feel like awful. Like no one was there to help this person. Um, and so, yeah. And it is hard. I do. I I think it's, it goes both ways, right? Some, some people don't have anyone and that makes me feel, you know, when I, when I made the post that I'm talking about on Instagram, there was a lot of people that comment on there that felt like they had no one. Yeah. And that's a scary place to be. Oh yeah. And I think, especially with, the, the way things have been going lately, it's easy to feel that way because everybody's trying to just get through. Everybody's yeah. trying to survive. And so you just feel very um, lost and alone. Yeah, and that's the worst feeling in the world mm-hmm. is, is being alone. And it, you may feel like you are alone, but I guarantee you there's someone out there, and you may not want to admit it, that is that would help mm-hmm. you, but you're just so angry at them for whatever the reason may be. But I guarantee you the one day that would you leave this earth or they leave leave this earth? You're going to regret that you didn't make amends with that person. Like I won't name names, but somebody who works on our staff here lost his mother a couple years ago and still has a sister. And they're in this all drug out fight about whatever. And I'm like, dude, one day she's not going to be here. And you're going to wish she was here because you lost your mother and you had a chance to repair a relationship with your only family member. And you, and now you're not doing it because you're stubborn for something that happened 20 years ago. Like who cares? Like that's your sister. Just, Get over it. Move on. Try to be the bigger, better person so you have a relationship with somebody so, you're, so you aren't lonely, so you have somebody there for you and with you. Um, so anyone listening, if you if you feel like you're lonely, there, I guarantee there's at least one person, and you may not want to be with that person because, because of your stubbornness, but if you could just look past that crap, mm-hmm. be the bigger, better person, put your bridges on. I guarantee you if you were to contact that person in a mature, adult, honest way, they may be... They may not want it at first, but I guarantee you they may sit on and go, ah, you're right. He or she was right. I should just let's make amends and, and be family or friends again or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you're not lonely. And, may, and, you know, and there are probably the few out there, too, that genuinely don't have anybody left. And for those, I hope, you know, we're here. I mean, yeah. that was that's the whole purpose of this show. That's the whole purpose of everything that we do is so people don't feel alone yeah. and feel happy and feel heard and feel seen. So if you are one of the few that don't genuinely have anyone, we're here. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) We got each other. We got you. I mean, and I know that comes from a stranger, so that comes in a different way, but it's still there. And I I thought it was really cool to see a lot of people coming together for something that is just really hard to talk about. Yeah. We're in such a crazy, crazy place right now. It's really hard to talk about that. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But even Steve and I talked about it, and he almost started crying again. again. <laughs> he almost got me going twice on one episode. Jeez. Well, we will keep moving forward, and maybe these next two we will get to some <laughs> happiness. But I felt like these were important conversations to have, so I'm really glad we had them. Yeah. Right now, you guys can hear about the story of Amy's neighborhood and what went down that spurred this entire conversation. <laughs> Number three. Amy, how was your weekend? There was a shooting in your neighborhood? Yeah, so someone was trying to steal a car in my neighborhood, and they got busted by the the people that live across the street from me. They happened to walk outside. They didn't even know they were getting robbed. Mm. They just went to go get something out of their car and startled the thief because it was about 1 in the morning. And so the thief got scared, ran away, but shot at them as they wow. were running away. And the police came and took fingerprints, found the shell casing of the gun, like or the whatever, the bullet that was shot. And they sent out an email to the whole neighborhood trying to gather everyone's security footage to see if they can learn more information. 
Did you give your security footage up? Yeah, well, we've gone back and we're trying to look because it was a specific day. It actually it didn't go down this weekend. I learned of it this weekend. So we're going back through to try to see if we can find something. But it's pretty scary because I wouldn't, I just, like, I wouldn't have thought that would happen in our neighborhood at all. Yeah, we should have led with this story. It's much better than my dry skin story. Um, <laughs> So let me get this straight. The guy was breaking into a car, gets caught, and instead of just running, mm-hmm. he just shoots back. Yeah. Why all the well, I mean, he would do that? He ran and I'm assuming shot. it's a he. Yeah, I'm assuming it's a he. I'm being sexist here. But I would assume most car break-ins are done by dudes. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't we all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless he was being attacked. No. Just to shoot seems very extra. Yeah, no, the whole thing is just scary to think that it could happen. And it could have easily been if they had opted to to steal the car from my house. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just scary to think or, you know, kids are in our neighborhood. It's really wild. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm thankful that my neighborhood is participating. Everyone's turning over their footage. And hopefully that will deter those thieves from coming back to our neighborhood, knowing that they were caught. Because they probably don't know it was by accident, but it was. Can anyone beat that story? That's what we should do. We should play beat that story. <laughs> no, I don't think so. A- Amy trumped my story. Eddie, what's your best story from the weekend? I mean, my best story is probably that uh, my son said an F word. <gasps> like the F word? I-, I-, I mean, he didn't. Which son? So my eight-year-old, he was reading <gasps> He was reading a bumper sticker, and I'm like, whoa, you can't like say. And he didn't pronounce it correctly. Thank goodness. But I'm like, gosh, why do people have bumper stickers like this? Because you got kids in the backseat going like, oh, the F word. And I'm like, now I got to explain what this is and take time out of my day. And yeah, I mean, talk about ruining your day that you got to explain to your eight-year-old what that word means. I just went with, I don't know, man. Sometimes people just make up words. You said, I don't know, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie's like, never heard it before. <laughs> hey, so what What did the bumper sticker say? So I think it's like a TikTok thing where it says, I'm fast as beep boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I'm fast as boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 and he's yeah. reading. It, he goes, "I'm fast as, ooh, boy," and I'm like, "What just happened was right it, now?" Was it spelled the this, the right way? Is the bad word? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was. was. It was the four letter F word. Yes. Oh man. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I'm not topping Amy's shooting though. That's not that good. That's true. Anyone have a story that could top Amy's shooting? Speak now, or forever. Hold your peace. I mean, I'm okay. not, not Amy, trying you were, to win. Hey, you were a <laughs> Good job, Amy. Story of the weekend. Wow. Ow. Wow. Mm. Uh, speech, 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 speech. Wow. I mean, I didn't know that traumatizing events towards, I mean, I honestly, I feel bad for my neighbors. That's a traumatic event in their life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But you got this award, though. So. <laughs> hey, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I just accept this hey, on behalf of them. you get 10% off at Toys R Us. That yeah. a girl. That's what you want today. <laughs> Thanks. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Time to get into some happiness because, yes, music may make us cry, but music also makes us happy and want to party and have a good time. Oh, yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. All right. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not making any guarantees, but (laughs) that's the plan. Yeah. So Bobby this week, he shared his top five country songs of 2021. And I love seeing everybody's like stuff they're tagging us in that the show was like their top podcast of the year it's so cool but scuba yeah we're gonna do a little breakdown here okay all right if we had to do a wrap of our year mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about your favorite jam of 2021 okay your favorite country song of 2021 which means your jam could be any genre okay okay it will be yeah and then 
um, the movie you watched the most this year. Okay. And the TV show you had on repeat the most this year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so so we'll start with your favorite jam of 2021. My favorite jam, uh, and I would love to pull it up, but it's probably not in our next gen system, which is where we have our songs and stuff. But there's a song that came out in October this year. And it is, it doesn't get much radio play, but it's got what I consider like the godfathers of hip hop that are alive right now. Okay. And it's got E-40, Too Short, Snoop Dogg, and Ice Cube. Okay. And this song is effing fire. What's the song? The song is called Big Subwoofer, and I'll play enough that I can play without it being too like. Yes, do it. Oh, this is old school. I love it. Yeah, right? And it hits. Like, you're in the car. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's like it's got a 90s vibe to it. And once E-40 comes in, you're like, okay, all right. I need to add this to my Here playlist. We so good. Yeah, it's awesome. And if you like E40, you like Bay Area rap. And like, I'm a, I grew up in the East Coast, which is so weird. But I was always so fascinated by the West Coast rap. Like, I didn't really care much about uh, Biggie or Mace or any of the people on the East Coast side. I was so enthralled with it. like NWA and Too Short and Snoop Dogg and and Ice Cube, like that whole like that movement on the West Coast. Tupac, I was all about that. So to hear a song with all these like like I can imagine if if Tupac were still alive, he'd be on this track. Yeah, like that's the kind of vibe that was. It's like the OGs of the West Coast. So that song, I mean, if you, anyone's out there want to look for a really fun, awesome song, that one slaps in the car. And that's your that's your repeat song you've li- been listening to all year, constantly. Yeah, well, it's, well it, it came since out since October. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair though. Also, too, if you listen to it one song all year, then we need to broaden some music taste if yeah. that is the case. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm adding. I'm going to add that to my um, workout playlist. Yeah, it's a great workout song. Yes, big yes. subwoofer. I and mean. It, like I'm, li- I'm looking here at like all of my top songs, and uh-huh. I'm. <laughs> you and I are both on, on the different spectrum of country, but I've been so enthralled with pop this year. Okay, I feel like they've put out so much good music, and so like my entire like all of these songs I've had on repeat are all pop songs. Oh, really? Okay, all of them. Like, what will be your top one? Maybe a few uh, country songs in here, but here, here's one of my top. It's called No Chill. It's with Cheat Codes and Little XL. Oh, yeah, I like cheat codes, yeah. Here's here's like a... Yeah. You can tell also I've been partying and working out a lot this year because that's just kind of my whole vibe. And that, my, that, that's my like a welcome to the gym song. Yeah, yeah like totally. just pump up, like trying to get my, my body moving. Okay. So that's my... That would probably be one of my jams for the year. There's so many, though, but also stay... With Kid Lori and Justin oh, Bieber, Kid yeah, 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 so good. Yes, I said it wrong. Kid Lori. <laughs> you knew what I meant. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <gasps> I always yes. feel bad correcting you because I, I love it the way you say nope. it, and I don't ever want to correct you. Always correct okay, me. Okay, all right. Because at the very least, I know it. Yes, and then, Kid Leroy, I, and then yeah. if I still accidentally say it wrong, I'd be like, I know that's wrong. Okay, cool. So yes, please always correct me. <laughs> all right, cool. But um, so yeah, those two have been on pop. You've been on hip hop. Yeah, pretty much always on hip hop. That's your that's your vibe. Yeah. Okay. So now, but we're gonna switch gears. Okay. What's the country jam of the year? I know that's, that's hard for you. So many to pick from that I all I love all of them. Um, <laughs> you can tell Steve doesn't listen to too much country music. No, I'm just, I'm just I not that I don't like country. 
I just this like I'm not much into the newer like the pop age country is not I'm not a fan of. Okay. I'm definitely more into like the 90s country. I like that older like I guess Luke Bryan kind of not Luke Bryan. Um Tim McGraw? Tim no, not Tim McGraw. Uh Luke Combs. He kind of like has that because he's like, <laughs> we kind of like hits those like notes and it just kind of is like very old school country kind of vibe. So what's that one that he has that's like cold as you, I think it is? Yeah. Cold. Like, cold so, so you mean you like my winning song? Long neck, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. cold beer never broke my heart. Yeah, it's like boom, boom. Yep. It's almost like a very hip hop vibe too because just like it's like it hits. And like it hits your soul, and you can feel that you can feel it. Like it's just oh, when, and when he sings, you can feel it in your soul. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like Luke Combs. So I guess the "Cold as You" is a song that is the newer one. Okay. Which is weird because they call it new, but it's not really new. Like he played it for us in 2020, but it's new to radio this year in 2021. Um, yeah. That's another thing. The whole country music thing is always really weird to me, and how they what they consider new and when it's not really new. Like 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 the chasing after you. That's not new. No. Like that's been, been around for, a for a, quite a long time, but all of a sudden now it's new and all of a sudden now it's the number one. It should have been a number one like six months ago. Mm-hmm. That's another. Like, I, well, it, streaming changed that, right? So they would put it out yeah. and then like they would have to find a song to put to country radio. So yeah. like when streaming happened, that all changed. Yeah. It didn't used to be that way. When I first started radio, it wasn't, you know, like you'd hear it on the radio for the first time. But yeah. now you've likely heard it on whatever streaming you choose. And then by the time it hits country radio you've heard it before if yeah. you're a fan of that artist for some people if maybe they don't listen to that artist and they haven't heard it but yeah well, they don't they have they time do. to stream they're like oh, i'm trying to listen to the radio on my way to work mm-hmm. and that's it so i only get what you feed me that's like my dad yeah you only get like for mm-hmm. the longest time too like when i would go to work outside of radios i didn't have time to listen to anything so i always, i just put on the radio for my or my 10 minute commute and whatever they fed me in that 10 minutes is what I knew in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are still like that. And I and I love those people because those people keep us employed. So yeah. thank you so much. Oh, that is my dad to a T. Like, yes. I think the only time he listens to music is at the gym. But it's like old school. Okay. All of his old school songs. And then when he actually hears new songs, yeah, he hears them on the radio. And then he'll add them to his playlist. That's the only way he gets new songs, okay. though. That's cool, though. He'll be like, hey, I heard that new one by Luke Bryan. I'm like, dad. 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 <laughs> but it, he does it every time, and I love it. But research has shown, though, that some people are that most people are still finding their new music through the radio. Mm-hmm. That's that's how they're ingesting it is because we give them the song and then they go, oh, and then they go and discover it on their free time. They check out the album. Yep. Like, for example, Adele. And I don't, the charts are all messed up on the pop side, too, because Adele's album came out and people streamed her album and all of her songs became the most streamed. Yep. And they all became number ones. But if you look at the charts, it didn't reflect that way. They still had their set 40 songs that were in the number they were in. But in reality, all of Adele's songs for a moment there was the number one song. A lot like Taylor Swift and what happened when she re-released yeah. her album. Yes, yeah. Yeah, crazy it what is crazy. it's done. Yeah, it has. The, the streaming world has totally changed it because, yeah, mm-hmm. the only way you would get it was through the radio or if you were at the record store, you were thumbing through and you bought a record or a CD and you went home and then you listened for the CD from top to bottom for like a month. Yeah. I remember turning on Linkin Park in my Jeep and I listened to that Linkin Park Meteora <laughs> album top to bottom for like a solid month every mm-hmm. single day. Just every song and until I knew every lyric. Well, and it's funny. I think somebody, who was it? Some big pop star. It might have been like a Cardi B or a Megan Thee Stallion. I don't remember uh, who it was. But somebody came out and was like, make sure you listen. It also could have been Adele. Gosh, uh-huh. I can't remember. Somebody came out and was like, make sure you listen to the album in the order that we put it out, even on streaming, because there's a reason we put it that way. 
Yes, it and, flows in a, for a mm-hmm. reason. Like even mostly hip hop albums back in the day, like uh, the Chronic. The Chronic. If you listen to the Chronic or Chronic Two Thousand out of order, it doesn't make any sense. They've got the song and it bleeds into the next song, and they have like little interludes and comedy skits, and they all flow together. So if you listen to it out of order, it, it, it they're great, but it it tells a story from top to bottom when you hear the whole thing played together. Which that also changed the way because I never I never really thought of that that way because of streaming on yeah. CDs. I used to listen to that that way because you wouldn't really skip anything; you just listen. Yeah. But when it came to streaming, I'd just play a song that I thought was my favorite, and I, you know, no other context than besides that song. Yeah. So then, when that artist like came out and said that, I was like, okay, I changed my listening because I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they do it on purpose. Everything mm-hmm. flows for. It's almost like when we do a show or something, everything flows for a reason and happens in its order. And Apple's kind of at fault for that because if you go to Apple Music and you go to click pl- on an album, they'll go and they'll play only the ones that have a star next to it. So if I were to go and press a song and like let's say I'm listening to um, Key Glock, who you probably don't know who Key Glock I, is. I, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to Key Glock and I go to hit on his album and I press the song that I want, like the single that I may recognize, and then the song's over. It's going to go to the next song that has a star next to it. It's not going to go to the next song in the order. Mm-hmm. So Apple and people like that, streaming services, are also doing disservice to the albums because they're not allowing you to play it from top to bottom. I do. I think it might have been Adele because I think she forced that. It, it is Adele. She forced um, streaming services uh-huh. to play her album in that order. Like Good. they couldn't skip the songs. Good. And that's and I mm-hmm. and because she's the artist who created the art mm-hmm. and created it in a way that it was supposed to be digested by us. So don't screw with that. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're ruining her art. Yeah. And I, and I would be and so I, upset if I, I were her. I never, ever thought it that way. So I'm really glad she put that out there. Yeah. Because again, when I did it in CDs, you were doing it just, that's what you did. It, yeah, it was different. So yeah. I never really thought of it. But now that she said that, I've only listened to albums that way now. And I'm glad she did because it took an artist like Adele to make companies realize what they were doing was dis- disservice to the album mm-hmm. and disservice to us. Because then we weren't getting what the album was supposed to be. Yeah. Because she made it. And you can see it. it from an entirely different perspective than just listening to two songs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm glad she said that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So I, I've been listening that way now, thanks to Adele. Hell yeah. Changing lives. Heck yeah. My, my All my country jams that are that are popping up in my playlist are pretty much everything from Morgan Wallen's double album. Okay. That's a really it popular one. All over my my top songs is, is that one. I... I did listen to that album from top to bottom, and it's still several of those songs are still on repeat. So I haven't heard it, but I heard it's really good. Oh gosh, it's really good. That, yeah, that that would one of those in there would probably be a country song of 2021 for me because it's the one that dominated with all the pop in my yeah. playlist. <laughs> I said another good one if you want to do country too. Um, uh, Luke Bryan Waves was kind of cool because it had like an 80s vibe to it. Yeah, like when it started, I thought it was almost like a. Um, like it was a like a Depeche Mode song. Mm-hmm. The way it started, I was like, when I first heard it on the radio, I was like, I almost thought Ray put the wrong song in the system, and I was like, oh my god, we're playing Depeche Mode on Bobby Bones show. Like, what's happening right now? And then I saw Luke Bryan. I was like, oh no, it's a country song. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a really cool. I, I like that one too. It's a pretty pretty. Uh, it's a nice one. That is a good one, and yeah. that gave us some old Luke Bryan feels with that song. If you've have you ever heard his song "Drink a Beer"? Drink a beer, talking God, Amen. Oh, That's no. FGL. Okay, no, no, and Chase Rice. No. <laughs> No, you, if you listen to Luke Bryan drink a beer, okay, not maybe not today because he's been crying a little bit. <laughs> it may make you cry. It's okay. an emotional song, but it's similar vibes to that. He has that um, that kind of sound. Okay, but I would say those are on the same level and what he was trying to go for. Different different vibes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed that song too. That was 
that was a cool throwback with him because yeah. he puts out so many songs now and they're all they're all great. But it's cool to hear him kind of go back to different sounds that he's had throughout his career. And I feel like that's what he did with Waves. Okay. And I could say that too. I think not even knowing that, just because the sound of it, it sounded 80s and sounded mm-hmm. older. Maybe it was the maybe it was him paying homage to his old self by playing an older sounding song. And then you if you know his older music, which I don't, yeah. then I guess it really kind of plays into that. Yeah. And okay. I could be wrong. You know, I could just be making stuff up in my head. I don't know. Yeah. That's how I felt, though, listening to it. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like I feel like music and art is in interpretation to the person who hears it. There, I don't think there really is ever a right or a wrong answer. Maybe there is in some places there is a right or wrong answer, but I feel like to the person who who ingests it, it's up to your interpretation. Yes. You interpret the art the way you want to interpret it. Yes, but you listen to those albums fully. Yes, yeah, so yeah, exactly. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. And one more hip-hop uh, suggestion for you, uh, Mr. Glock, Key Glock. A wor- it's a workout song for you. I do love the workout song. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Bleep. Never mind. All right. I don't have a button. <laughs> Bleep. Well, it's a really good song. Mr. Glock, Key Glock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll make sure there was an edit on there, possibly. Okay, well, yeah, listen to that yeah, yeah. artist. I should, I should just know, when, I, when I put up a hip-hop song, I should be uh, cautious, I guess. Fair. Yeah, Fair. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're hitting all the things on this yeah. podcast today. Okay. Oh um, movie you watched on repeat this year. I'll be honest with you with, uh, with children. I can't get through a full movie. Okay. So no movies. on. No repeat. movies for me. Not honestly. even a kid movie for the kids. Um, a kid movie. I've seen cars one, cars two and cars three. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. There it is. So the Cars franchise, I've seen a lot. And I actually really like it a lot more now. And anyone listening that gives Cars 2 crap, you're out of your mind. Because <laughs> people, and have you probably seen it? I don't know if you've seen Cars 2. I have. I've seen them all. So apparently people don't like Cars 2 because it strays from the main story of Lightning McQueen. Because Cars 1 is clearly Lightning McQueen based. Yes. Cars 3 is about Lightning McQueen becoming older and then the new generation coming through. But Cars 2 is a great break because if every movie was about Lightning McQueen, you'd get burnt out by it. Yeah. And you almost need a little bit of comedic relief and a break from Lightning McQueen and seeing Mater, Tomater, and other characters to light. So Cars 2, correct me if I'm wrong, is the one where they deal with like bad people at the big race? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's okay. like, yeah, there's the, there's one of the guys who is like undercover. Yes. Uh, like, and Mater kind of becomes a hero in it. Yes, exactly. Yes. And I feel like that's okay to kind of break away from the main story a little bit to give you a little bit of a break before the next Cars comes out where it's more centric to Lightning McQueen. If it was all Lightning McQueen, I feel like we would get burnt out on it and they would run out of, it's a car, so it's not a person or anything. It's not like it's going to have kids, which would be cool if it does have kids. Hey, be careful. Because Sally can have kids. You're offending Owen Wilson right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I feel like it's okay to take a break from the main character. Yeah. I feel like it's totally fine. And they still brought in Lightning McQueen in different parts of the movie and he was still part of it, but it was kind of fun just to see the action side of it. Like, yeah, it's Mater. Everybody loved Mater in the first movie. It was great. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like maybe the research told him, give him a little bit more Mater. But then when they gave him a little more mater than everyone got mad about it. It's like, oh, okay. All Everybody's right. always mad about something. Exactly. So I say Cars 2 was great. It's an under underrated Fair. movie. So the whole Cars franchise has I, been on repeat for you thanks to your children. Yes, and I'm good with it because I don't. I, at the time, I'd only seen the first Cars. Hmm. So it was newer for me to see Cars 2 and Cars 3. Not but anymore, though. Not anymore, as I've, I've seen it a hundred times. Now so. you know everything. I know everything. I know all the characters. Well, I well, I kept saying that, like, it was really cool to see, like, everybody's years wrapped in podcast music form and stuff, but I would love to see years wrapped from, like, Netflix. Yeah. Like, you spent 
5,000 minutes binge watching this. Yeah, like what Yeah, what have you seen? Yeah, like what, ruin my life with those stats. Yeah. It would. Yeah. But especially too, because like parents would see them and they'd be like, that is not mine. That yeah. is my children's. <laughs> he said, those are my stats. Yeah. yeah. It'd be kind of funny to see people post those. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, I don't think those exist. Um, Movie for you? Ready Player One. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have seen that one, but a while back. It's my, it's like one of my go-to now because I have HBO Max and it's on there. It's uh-huh. my go-to just to kind of put on in the background because I love it so much. It's a great, great film. Mm-hmm. And that got a lot of crap too. Mm-hmm. I was like, guys, you got to turn your brain off. Quit being so critical and just enjoy a movie for what it is. Yeah, as someone who had no, like, meaning behind it, right? I just watched it as a movie. I loved it. It's literally one of my top favorite movies. Yeah, top ten for me. Mm -hmm. It's a great movie. And it's so cool to see all those things interwoven into it, like the pop culture. And it's just really cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, Yeah. so I've had that on repeat pretty much all year as, like, a comfort. Yeah, I get that. That'd be that one. What about a TV show? Can you watch TV shows? Yes, I try to watch TV shows, and when I have watched TV shows, mostly it's been Bluey, which is my <laughs> which is my son. But then I get into it because Bluey's a really good show, and Bobby was pissed about Bluey beating him in the ratings on Disney Plus. But I'm sorry, dude, Bluey is a good like. Not saying his show isn't good, but Bluey's really really good. A great show, great animation, and the storyline is fantastic. The between the kids and the parents, and every episode has a great message at the end, and, like, it all gets woven together, and as a parent, I get emotional watching them sometimes because just just the ending, I don't want to give anything away if anyone hasn't seen it. Bluey is a great television show. Oh. It's So should awesome. I watch it as an adult? I think you'd like it as an adult, yeah. I think if you're a person, based on our experience of being around each other, and especially in this particular episode, I figure you're somebody who has emotions and can feel and understand and have perspective, I feel like you'd probably like Bluey. Yeah, like, is it animated? Show. It's animated. I do love animated. Animated, and I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that it was, I know it's based in Australia, because you'll hear it in the accents, but they were saying that before Disney adopted it, the dad was like, because he's always like tired and like lazy. The dad in Australia was drunk all the time. And that's why he was always tired and lazy. But Disney adapted it into a Disney form. Mm. So the dad's just always tired because he's a dog. But in but Australia, he's funny. drunk. Yeah. That's kind of funny. It's kind of cool. And, the, and then the intro is always really cool. My son and I love singing it together. What it, is it? Can you it, sing it to us? It goes, it goes, dump, 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 and it goes, mom, banana, well, it's not mom, it's mum, mum, banana, 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 dad, banana, and at this point, um, the next one, next one is Bingo, which is the little sister. So he points to his sister, and he goes, he goes, Bingo, and he points to my, my to my daughter. Oh. <laughs> so he equates mom to be mom, dad to be me, yeah. and Bingo to be his sister. And then he goes, Dana, and Bluey's him because it's the main character. Of course. And then Bluey at the end spins around, and he's like, and he goes in a big three sixty, Bluey. And then the show comes on, we watch it, and it's cool because it's three episodes in one 30-minute block. So it's like, um, and the way they do it, it's just, it's so, if you can appreciate good art and like a really good storyline, good writing, good editing, uh, and just the thought process of how they put the show together, it's a really, because kids shows, and I think that this show has realized that, that us adults are watching it. Yeah, so you have to. You don't have a choice. So don't give us crap. Yeah. And this is a really good show that isn't crap that as an adult who appreciates good film and good movies and good television shows, I watch this going like, wow, they did this for us too. This is a really good show. And there's things that go over the kid's head that we get and we understand, mm-hmm. but just the way it was all positioned and put together, it's genius. Well, and I, you know, I will say, I feel like Disney. Yeah. I know this came from Australia, but I do feel like Disney has been doing that a long time. 
uh, catering toward the, to the uh, towards the adults. Yes, because if you think about it, like when we look back now on the movies that we watch as kids, we didn't get the mus- messages. No, you got some of them. There were some in there for kids, but you watch them back now and you're like, hmm. That was meant for adults. That was a joke for adults. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that you're right. That was definitely not for the five-year-old me that was watching this. Yep, like you watch Incredibles and stuff. You're like, whoa, that was not for me. Yes. Yeah. So I do think Disney has found a way underlying to mm-hmm. do that. Maybe not as um, out there. Maybe as Australia would have done it, which would still be cool. Yeah. But I, I do think Disney's been pretty good at that. They have. Because I've wanted to watch all of the Disney films regardless of how old I've been. Yeah. There's never been a time that I didn't ever want to consume Disney. Yeah. Not necessarily all the D- Disney TV shows. Oh, I get you, yeah. But I like the movies. Yeah, the movies always been really good. Yeah. The, but Bluey, I think you actually would really enjoy it. I think it's it's just a really good show. Well, now I'm just always going to picture you and your family doing the intro <laughs> in real life. Yeah. I love that. I'm yeah. sure a lot of families experience that same thing too, though, so that's cool. And then the one adult show is uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I haven't, I've okay. never seen it, never had time to see it because it came out in a time when I was grinding hard and... I just got in the radio, so I didn't have time to really watch anything. I was just, I was working like seven days a week, like 80 hours a week. And I always want to watch Kirby Enthusiasm. So I started from the beginning and I'm on season two now. And Kirby Enthusiasm is like gut-wrenching laughing. Like it's so awkward, but so amazing. Do you put it up there so far as one of your um, top TV shows of all time? Oh yeah. Only two seasons in, it's it's my top five. Mm. Easily. Dang. Have you seen it or no? I haven't. Oh, I've I, thought I about watching it. it. You have HBO Max, so you can see it. It's mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. I do. I highly HBO recommend it. HBO Max is like changing my life over here. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's it's a great show. Okay. I think that's one of Bobby's um, favorites, too. Yeah, I think he likes it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Yeah, Larry David's a genius. That's been your newly repeat show. Yes. Yeah. That well, and Bluey. That and Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different spectrums there. Majorly different spectrums, but you can tell I'm a parent. <laughs> yes. I love it. I don't, I, I've, I've really watched more movies this year. I found a lot of comfort in movies, but okay. the superhero TV shows have been my thing. So I've There's a lot of them out there now. A lot of them. There is. I can't keep up anymore, but like one of my favorite to watch on repeat is The Flash. Okay. So I watched that one on repeat and I watched New Girl on repeat. Flash is a CW show, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love the CW. Yeah. I know it can be cheesy, but I still love it. No, I, I grew up watching Everwood, um, Seventh Heaven, Seventh Heaven, <laughs> when I see those. Except for the dad. Now you look at it and you're like, oh my God, the dad's a creep. It all made yes. sense. When you watch that, now I was, I was always creeped out by the dad. I had like a gut intuition that something was wrong with him. And sure enough, fast forward 20 years later, something's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I won't get into it. Just Google. Yep. You'll figure it Seven out for yourself. Heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Low key, CW puts out a lot of good shows. They do. Yeah. They do have, they have a lot of good ones. And I even like Gossip Girl. You know, mm-hmm. say what you want about me. Gossip Girl was pretty interesting when it first came out. Oh, and listen, I've been watching the Gossip Girl reboot. And at first, I was kind of like, eh. Now, obsessed. Okay. It's Chuck Wicks. Not Chuck Wicks. No. <laughs> it's Chuck, the character. Chuck, yeah. is, he, is he in it still? None of the same character. All new. Oh, it's all new cast. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's different. That's why at first I was like, I don't know. And then I, I was like, okay. I'm into it. Okay. Did they ever flash back and show any of the old stuff or ever any like they, cameos of original cast? They just cameoed a few original cast. None okay. of the big ones. Okay. But like some of the mom's dad situations. Yeah. Um, and that just happened. This was the first season, but it it touches more on like if Gossip Girl was happening now. Okay. That's pretty which cool. Which I think is really cool. So like Gossip Girl in the original was him on a blog. Yes. Yeah. But Gossip Girl now is on Instagram. 
Okay, cool. So they kind of form to the times. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. I like and that. And it's like twist of who's behind it. It's it's good. Okay. Like I did not anticipate that I was going to like it as much as I did. Yeah, because I would go into it like you, like, uh, they already did it and I'm fine with what they did, but the first time around, I don't, yeah. need, I don't need it again. But I listen, and I'm about to watch the just like that, the Sex and the City re- reboot on yeah. HBO Max. HBO Max is killing it. They really are. They've got a lot of great programming. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of titles, too. They're like a universal where they've got so many f- things that are theirs that they can reboot or change or mm-hmm. have spinoffs of. And I'm about it. Listen, I will give every reboot, if I've seen it before, a chance. Yes, I will. And then I'll explore if I want to keep watching it. Yeah. Sometimes they're not that great. Sometimes yeah. they beat a dead horse. You're like, it was sure. fine the way it was. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. Like, like if you ever touch E.T., if they ever touch any of those kind of iconic films like Back to the Future, I know yeah. we're talking about films versus TV shows, I'd be pretty upset. Like, those were fine the way they were. You don't need to Didn't mess with those. Didn't they kind of do that with Ghostbusters? They did. They did. They did. They've done it multiple times now. No, that's what I thought. Yeah. That was, that, love them. that was one that, that was one that should have been messed with either. <laughs> Whatever. We, we won't talk about we that. Won't go I, don't down want, that path. I don't want Steve to get sad. We no. got very happy. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna stay happy. <laughs> Bluey. Yes. Hey, you know what? Why don't you give us a little jam to uh, sing us out while I intro Bobby's uh, segment here? So do that. Do, do your little buoy. My buoy. Bluey <laughs> intro. Here is Bobby's top five country songs of 2021. Number two. I do want to go over my top five songs of 2021. I spent a lot of time going over this list, at least 10 minutes. <laughs> I pulled up every song from the year and I made a 54321. These are my biggest songs of 2021. The best to me. Number five, Sam Hunt, Breaking Up Was Easy in the 90s. I'm sick of sitting at the house, dying on my phone, wishing I was somewhere I can be alone. Such a good song. And then when he also came in and played it like Opry style with a lot of bluegrass musicians, that was awesome too. I think that probably affected my thinking about the song. Amy, do you like that song? Yes, love it. Okay. Yeah, I'll ask you if you love it, you like it, or eh, you could do without. Okay. Number four, Chris Stapleton starting over. If Chris Stapleton puts out anything, it makes the top of the list. Chris Stapleton could fart through a walkie-talkie, record it, and I'd be like, that's the jam. (laughs) That's a Stapleton original. So it doesn't matter what he puts out. It's all great. Amy, Chris Stapleton starting over. Love it. (laughs) Okay, love it. Got excited. Number three, Kelsey Ballerini and Kenny Chesney, Half of My Hometown. Half of my hometown, still hanging around, still talking about that one touchdown. They're still wearing red and black, go Bobcats while the other half. And this song hasn't hit number one yet. It's still actually climbing the chart. It's the only one that isn't a number one so far. It will be a number one, but it's still you know, making its move right now. And I think I love this song so much because I grew up in a really small town. I'm from Mountain Pine, Arkansas, population 772. And most of my hometown is still somewhere in that area and living out this song. And so it just kind of reminds me of home. I think the message more than anything... I do love Kelsey, and I love emo Kenny Chesney. If he's singing a slow song, like, I'm in. So 
Kelsey and Kenny, half of my hometown, comes in at number three on my list. Amy. Well, I grew up in the big city of Austin, mm-hmm. and I love it. <laughs> oh, you do love it. Okay, yeah. good. At number two, another Kenny Chesney song. I'm not even a big Kenny guy, but Knowing You at number two. And knowing you, you're probably way over me. But God, we were so Again, I'm a huge emo Kenny fan. I would compare this to my love of Jim Carrey. You, if you ask me, I'm going to go, Jim Carrey, he's fine. Sometimes he's annoying. Sometimes he's really funny. But when I look back at my favorite movies of all time, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Truman Show, Man on the Moon. About Andy Car- no, that's not my favorite. <laughs> the mess. But like three of my favorite four or five movies, maybe my top three ever, are Jim Carrey movies. So I've got to stop saying I'm not a Jim Carrey guy the same way I've got to stop saying I'm not a Kenny Chesney guy. i got two songs in my top five this year. So Kenny Chesney knowing you at number two. Amy. Yeah, I'll pass. Oh, wow. Hater. Mm, sorry. Hey, as Kenny Chesney's biggest fan, I'm offended. <laughs> I, I like Kenny Chesney, but that's not in my top five. I don't mind this emo Kenny you speak of, but again, it's just not, I'm not putting You like Tempo me. Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> you like Tempo Kenny. They're two different people. Yeah. Okay. And number one, anybody want to take a guess? My number one song of the year. It's pretty easy. Know. Once I say it, you'll go, oh yeah. I know. Easy. I'm just trying to think of what was actually oh. this year. Keith? No, the one, um, but the wedding one. The wedding one. Keith Urban? No. Something? Is it well, Keith Urban? To be, fair, to be fair, when we walked, oh. one of our walking songs in or out was oh. Keith Urban, When God Whispered Her Name, but that's not this one. Okay. Uh, Maybe Dan and Jake's Shay? Jake's this year? Jake Owen, Made for You. Yeah, that's, what, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Why does that feel? Feels like a long time ago. (laughs) It's an old song. Yeah, Yeah, it was out for a while, but it it wasn't made a single or it didn't go number one until 2021. Gotcha. And so we walked down the aisle. Mm -hmm. She did. I thought I was going to walk down the aisle. I'll be honest with you guys. (laughs) Whenever we figured out what was really happening in this wedding and I found out that I wasn't walking down the aisle, I was pretty bummed out. I had to walk around the back with all the dudes. I wanted my moment to shine. Uh, didn't get it, but she walked down to Made For You. Loved the song before. We picked it because it reminded us of each other. And then when we went to watch Jake perform at IHR Country Festival, we were just in the crowd, and he sees us and like sings it to us again. It was a pretty cool moment, pretty cool moment. But just love that song, Jake Owen, Made For You. Amy? Ah, uh, love it. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. Do you like Beach Jake or traditional Country Jake? Both. I like okay. all that Jake puts out. Pretty much. I can't Do you think like of- Sam Hunt shirtless or shirted? What? You got to pick one. Do you, Amy. Do you Do just you- want to play this game, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you're asking? <laughs> all right. Those are my top five songs for the year. Thank you, guys. It's the best bits of the week Show. with Morgan number two. Christmas time is almost here in Lunchbox. He went out and he visited Santa at the mall. And yes, he did sit on his lap. It was a whole thing, which we'll get into that here shortly. But Scuba, I want to know, do you have any traumatizing Christmas stories? I'm going to tell you one that's kind of funny. Okay. It's not going to be super traumatizing, but kind of traumatizing more for my parents. So one year we had a cat, a family cat. Okay. And it jumped on our Christmas tree and totally destroyed it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> knocked it over. 
I think I was either a child or may not have been alive yet, but my parents tell the story like every year. And my mom is traumatized to this day because like the cat jumped on it, tree yeah. knocked over, everything was shattered. It was ruined whole Christmas. Thing. That was the last time they did a real Christmas tree. Okay. So because now you have, of the cat. Because of the cat. We have artificial trees. Was it something to do with the smell or something that attracted the I'm cat? I'm not or? entirely sure. All I know is that the cat jumped straight on the Christmas tree. The tree came down. And everything broke. <laughs> I haven't got much past that story with my mom. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's a, a traumatizing one that I bet a lot of cat owners have experienced before. Yeah. Um, well, what about you? So for me, the uh, without getting too emotional on some of the other ones, <laughs> I've got a lot of traumatizing Christmas stories when my parents were married. But uh, I'll go with one when – so we always had, like, a couple different kind of Christmas scenarios where – so my family was big on celebrating Christmas Eve – so every Christmas Eve, all of my family would come together at my grandma's house in Winter Park, Florida. And it was, so my grandma and grandpa had four kids, my mom, and then they had three boys. And so they would all come with all their kids. So like we have a family of four. One of my uncles has a family of all four girls. The other one's got a family of three boys. And the other one has a son that he adopted. So just children everywhere. Kids everywhere. But it was okay. so much fun because... It was like all of us, it was the one time of year where all of us got to come together because Thanksgiving, some would come together and some couldn't. Uh, birthdays, we'd see them, you know, we'd travel to see some family. But Christmas was the guaranteed, we're all going to see each other for Christmas Eve. And then depending on what their schedules were like, we would then hang out for the whole week. So we were always looking forward to Christmas Eve because that was when we all came together. There was like a dinner and we had the whole thing. But so the way it would work was we'd all come together during like the early afternoon. We'd hang out, play outside, do whatever. We're kids, we're just whatever we did. Then it pivoted into, okay, dinner time. We have dinner, usually kind of earlier, like around 4 o'clock. Uh, had the dinner. There's a kid's table, of course. That whole scenario, like that was like our life. There was a kid's table mm -hmm. and the adult's table. So we had that I life. I love the kid's table. It was awesome. It was so much fun because we got to talk crap about the adults and all of our stupid things we were worried about. Meanwhile, the adults were likely getting drunk. Yeah, they were getting drunk because my yeah. Uncle Mark always came through with all the liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and Uncle Mark is the root of the story. Hey, listen, I will also say the adult's table is really awesome now. <laughs> oh, it is pretty awesome, yeah. Because we always would hear my Uncle Greg's stories and he was the one that was like, he was the, 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 like the comedy guy in the family. He always had the best stories and told them the best ways and had so the much. The Funkle. The Funkle, yeah. So much imagery and so much like texture to the stories where you felt like you were there when he was telling the story. And it, he just the way he wove through the story was just amazing. And I think I always kind of, when I would hear his stories, it kind of always would inspire me to one day be like a really good storyteller because he was so good at telling stories. And um, so you, it was always fun to kind of that, that, that whole dynamic. And then what we would do next was after dinner, is all the kids would go on a walk through the neighborhood, my grandparents' neighborhood, and it's a bunch of different cul-de-sacs. So we'd all go together, and usually it'd be all the kids and like one or two adults to make sure we're all supervised together. And it would, as the kids got older, then it'd be the older kids helping watch the little kids and some adults as well. But then some of the adults would stay back for to, to help Santa unload the gifts. Gotcha. So we would all go on a walk. This was before cell phones, so there was no like calling or texting to let us know like, okay, it's time to come back now. So uh, the whole thing was rule of thumb was like, look at your phone or I mean, look at your phone, look at your watch, give us 20, 30 minutes to do your walk, check out. Cause the neighborhood was packed with lights. So it was like people were driving around, walking around, looking at the lights. It was like the thing to do. Okay. So we'd walk around, check out the lights. And the signal was that the porch light was on. That means it was game on. It was time to come back home. Mm. So, so, so every once in a while, one of the older adults or the older teens would, would kind of stray from the group and walk back to that street to see the light was on when it hit about the 30-minute mark. So we're coming back. We're all excited. 
and we're about to walk into the house to open gifts. And then before I get to that point, I'll bring back Uncle Mark, the, the guy who brought in all the, the drinks and everything. Mm-hmm. He uh, recently went through a divorce and was dating this newer woman, and she had two kids. Okay. And they were the misfits because this wasn't their family, and, and their their mom's dating this guy. You know, that whole scenario of, like, you're not my dad. This isn't my family. Yes. But we're, like, we're a very inviting family, and we try to, like— make them part of the group and hang out with us. And like, we weren't, we weren't jerks, you know, we were just like, Hey, we don't really care. Like, Hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we get back to the house and we're about to walk inside and everyone's wondering where his, that kid is one of our, one of the kids, we can't find him. And I forget what his name was, but it's like, let's, let's call him Dylan. We're like, where's Dylan? We're like, I don't know where Dylan is. And we're like, I thought he was with us. And now no one can find Dylan. And Dylan's in a neighborhood he's never been in before. He's like seven or eight, maybe nine. And no one can find Dylan. And we're not opening gifts until Dylan is back. And so now oh. we're all going to. Now, no one hated Dylan until now. Now everyone hates Dylan. Everyone mm-hmm. can't stand Dylan because there's all these gifts everywhere. You can't and, touch them. And you can't touch anything. And it's like, try to tell, try to tell 15 to 20 kids age range 3 to 15 that they can't touch their gift. When every year before that, once you walk in, it's mayhem. It's handing them out. It's opening them up. Mm-hmm. It's wow, whoa, awesome, cool, amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we have to wait for Dylan's freaking butt to come back. <laughs> and no one can find Dylan because Dylan doesn't have a cell phone. There's nowhere to, and it's pitch black outside, and it's a neighborhood Dylan doesn't know. And and he ran off because he was upset that he wasn't with mm-hmm. his, fam- his full family, and I totally get it. As a kid, you were just like, oh, Dylan's annoying. We don't, yeah. we don't open gifts. But now you get you it. You look back at it like, I totally get it. Dylan's sad because Dylan's not with his mom and dad. and not, They don't have their normal setting that they normally would have. And and here we are with our full amazing family. And and he's not really a part of it, but he's a part of it, but he's not. So he ran off because he was sad. And <laughs> and so we have to find Dylan. So now it's now it's everyone looking for Dylan. Scavenger hunt for Scavenger Dylan. Scavenger hunt for Dylan. And meanwhile, we open our damn presents, Dylan. And so we're all upset and we're trying to look for Dylan and it takes, I'm telling you, it probably, it probably was maybe only 40 minutes, but it felt like an eternity trying to find Dylan. And we're all out there with flashlights looking for Dylan, looking for Dylan, looking for Dylan. And we're thinking Dylan's like far away, like he had like, or maybe Dylan got kidnapped or something. That's, then it becomes that worry. Did Dylan get kidnapped? Did something happen to Dylan? What's going on? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Sure enough, Dylan the entire time never went on the walk, never left anywhere. He was hiding in one of the back rooms in the house. And never was with us because we didn't really pay attention. We were all so excited to go on the walk to come back because that's the because we come yeah. back. We know presents 30 minutes later. It's present time. No one really would like remember where Dylan was or what happened or anything. But sure enough, Dylan was just crawled up in a, in a ball in one of the back rooms. And because because it was one of those points where someone was like, did anyone look in the house? Because we're all looking outside thinking he went on the walk with us. He's, he's lost outside. And I think it was my whole Greg. He's like, did anyone just did anyone check the house? And then someone was like, no. And then, then it became like, look in the house for Dylan. And sure enough, there's this. There's Dylan, all balled up in the corner, ruining Christmas. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, looking back on it, it wasn't really a big deal, but it was. But in that moment, it probably felt like a huge deal. It felt like 24 hours, Mm -hmm. and our gifts were just sitting there. Our palms were sweaty. We were getting anxious. We saw boxes of what were shaped like the gift that we want, and and we want to see if that was what it was. And we're just sitting there on the ledge just waiting to open these freaking gifts. 15 anxious kids ready to open their gifts. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the, the parents were starting to get, they were, you know, they were getting nervous and worried and they were, had a different kind of side of the perspective. And and then my mom was getting to the point where she's like, she was getting annoyed. She's like, 
stupid kid, Dylan, ruining Christmas. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mom. <laughs> she was getting angry. And I'm like, then it started to turn into a fight between her and her brother, like all this stuff. And I was like, then the Christmas started to almost get ruined because Dylan. And then Dylan finally came back, and then everything was fine, and Dylan was you all. You got to love family drama at Christmas. Yeah, a lot of unnecessary family drama. And it would have been, and it's, yeah, just, so that was, that was the one story I could tell you that wasn't too sad or too dark. <laughs> <laughs> it was still kind of sad for poor Dylan. Yeah, for poor Dylan and poor us. Having to wait around open our gifts. Well, I need, I mean, I needed you to share a story because I needed to hear about some of your life. Yeah. And I can't tell the story because there's a reason. Okay. Mostly because there's certain people listening okay. that it would give some stuff away. <laughs> um, I'll just tell you it involved my dad and Santa. Okay. All right. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we had one of those too with uh-huh. my Uncle Mark and Santa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let's oh, just say I was crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, root of my issues are Uncle Mark, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, that fun uncle actually caused some serious uh, not fun issues. Oh, yeah. Gotta love uncles too. Yeah. They're great. Everybody has a wild uncle. We were talking about that on the show this week and I definitely have a wild uncle. Oh yeah, we all do. And it's funny because look at it now. Your wild uncle is like is like is like us now. Like mm-hmm. you could be the wild aunt one day. Oh, I know? am the wild okay. aunt. <laughs> Not quite like my uncle that I had growing up. But yeah. I, I got a. I'm a wild aunt. Yeah, there, like. that, that was a weird perspective when you went from being the kid getting gifts to then coming in with the beer and the mm-hmm. liquor, and now you are the adult providing <laughs> the spirits in a sense. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> It's weird. So weird. And it feels like it just happened yesterday. Like, I feel like I was just in the back corner playing Polly Pockets with one of my cousins. Polly Pockets. Oh, uh-huh. my gosh. Did you ever play a game called Mall Madness or ever heard of it? Yeah. Oh, Mall yeah. Mall Madness. Like, boop, 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 boop. There's a sale at the chicken mm-hmm. store. There's a clearance at the men's boutique. <laughs> Bank yep. closed. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I loved Mall Madness. Yeah, I had cousins. I had all-girl cousins for the ones that I'd hang out with the most. The most. So um, that's why you knew about Polly Pockets. Oh, yeah. And I, and I had two sisters, so, yeah. Well, Polly, pa- Polly Pockets are making a comeback. So to my older oh, sister, are? if you're listening to this, turn out real quick. I got my my niece some some Polly Pockets again for Christmas, but she's already started having some for her birthday. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. I, yeah. I, I never thought that that would go anywhere. I always kind of made fun of it. Like, this is stupid. It's these little toys and you can't really play with them. And Oh, Steve, they were amazing. I had I an entire collection. And they connected too. Or didn't they connect or so- in oh, some way? Oh, you could use all the toys on the different dolls or whatever. Yeah. So like if you kept all your stuff, which I did, I had a nice little organizer uh-huh. that held all of my Polly Pockets and I brought it everywhere with me. That's awesome. Um, And yeah, they all kind of mixed and mingled so you could use them all together. Kind That's of like cool. Barbies, but smaller. And they were like little... The, the, I liked the clothes better because they were like the plastic than they were like the the Barbie one. I, for whatever reason, I liked Polly Pockets better than I liked Barbies. Well, the Barbie to- the Barbie clothes were always crap because they always had that Velcro to mm-hmm. stick it. And after after all the constant interchanging, the Velcro would go bad. And then the clothes wouldn't really stick on. They'd fall off. Yes. And yeah. I'd always mess up their hair because, yeah. listen, I couldn't even brush my own hair, which is why my mom gave <laughs> me a bowl cut when I was a child. <laughs> and so I sure as heck didn't brush all my Barbie's hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked Polly Pockets because they were low maintenance. Yeah, they were easier to, to play with. Yeah. Yes. So that that happened, but yeah, I I I wanted you to share your stories because all of mine reveal too many things. Yes, yeah, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I got you now. I got you now. One day I will tell, but not when there are little ears around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But oh man, well you guys can hear right now lunchbox when he went to the mom visited Santa, who was so excited to see him, kind of. Number one. Lunchbox went to the mall, right? I went to the mall. I got in line. There's families there with their kids. You know, everybody's all excited. And I'm just standing there. 
And I'm just waiting in line. I had to wait about 35 minutes, oh and I God. even had one uh, father ask me, excuse me, are you in line? I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, and they're like, oh, where are your kids? I'm like, not just me. And he was like, okay. So were they side-eyeing you the whole time because uh, that de- is weird? Definitely side-eyeing. I felt like they, I mean, I felt like people were just kept looking at me like, is he really waiting in line to see Santa? Is he really waiting in line to see Santa? And I was really waiting. I got up to the front of the line and I told him, look, I don't want to buy any packages. I just want to sit on the big man's lap. Oh, so that's how they make money. You have to buy like a, a picture package? <laughs> yes. And the cheapest and wh- is not, yeah, it's expensive. And what did they say when you said you didn't want to buy a package? You, an adult man, 40 years old, wanted to sit on his lap. They said, okay, come on up. And I guess they can't discriminate, right? Yeah, they can't say no. I mean, it's just Santa. I'm going to see Santa and tell him what's on my wish list. And what did Santa, what, what, what did his eyes tell you when you're walking toward him? He was, I think he was looking around me to see, <laughs> oh, are the kids right behind him? And as I approached and he saw no kids, he was like, are we really doing this? Like he had that look like, is this a serious thing? And, I, and then he kind of patted it and I was like, yeah. And I climbed up on his lap. Oh, he patted oh, his you- knee once he realized you weren't kidding. <laughs> yep, up. that's what he does. Like, come on, you know. I guess he does that with the kids, so I guess it's a natural reaction. But he patted, and I climbed up on his lap. So let's get in the weeds for a second here, because you don't sit down with a full microphone. You're secretly recording him, right? Yeah, I just have my phone. So you just hit the little voice memo button and record this. Yes. All right, here is Lunchbox sitting on Santa's lap. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, Santa. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> All right, I got to confess right off the bat. Right, what you got? I've been a little naughty this year. Uh-oh. But just with my wife, okay? Uh-oh. That's it. Uh-oh. So don't hold that against me. <laughs> now, I got a couple things on my wish list, Santa. You bring me lottery tickets every year, but they're always losers. Oh, my goodness. We'll, we'll see what we can do about that. So, Santa, I need to hit it big. I need to hit millions of dollars this year. I need a big lottery ticket. I hit $5 this week. Yeah, but, but I mean, I want millions so I can retire. I understand. Okay. And then number two is Tina Turner. When you go down her chimney, if you can leave her a note letting her know that I'm a good guy because I've been dreaming about meeting her. She's my favorite artist of all time. Okay. And then our last one. I got one person on the naughty list. Abby, who I work with, uh-huh. she is a liar. She lies. <laughs> And lot you can't trust her, Santa. So I need you to bring her a bag of coal, and that is it. I'll do what I can. Okay. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Santa. Thank you. Um, All right. I heard a couple things there. Okay. One, I heard Santa just wanting Lunchbox to go away. <laughs> Two, I did hear Santa bro out with Lunchbox a little bit and go, "Hey, man, I won five bucks the other day," <laughs> <laughs> which I thought I think is pretty funny. Uh, so what happened when you left? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, he, I, I felt like he was just like, he asked the girls, he's like, that was interesting or something like that. Some along those lines. And they just kind of laughed and went on our merry way. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Then the next group came up with some kids. In the next couple of shows, we have Lunchbox going Christmas caroling already. Oh gosh. Okay. So he sits on Santa's lap and we'll have him Christmas caroling coming up. Uh, not tomorrow or the next day because it's St. Jude Radiothon, but probably Monday I will let you guys hear Lunchbox. He's already done it. So that if that early he did this and how awkward that's <laughs> going to be too. But Lunchbox going Christmas caroling will happen as well. So nice job, Lunchbox. Thanks. D- did anyone else think that Santa sounded like Scotty McCreary or Trace Adkins? <laughs> Josh Turner. <laughs> it's Josh Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Moonlighting. Yes. Let's go.
It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. All right, that was a super fun, long, emotional podcast, but I had a lot of fun. Emotional is the key word. Yes. Oh, you almost have me for sure one time crying and almost crying a second time. I feel like we had like a little therapy session. But it was a good cry, though. Like, it I, was. Like, I don't get to cry very often, so it was nice to be able to to cry. I think the last time I cried was when I when we were moving here with my, with my wife. We had to get a good cry out. Yeah. We had to have a good therapy session. Yeah. I think we both needed it. Yeah, yeah. I bet a lot of people that are listening needed it, too. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. So I'm glad we had it. Well, Steve, tell them where they can find you on social media. Uh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Scuba Steve Radio. And then I still have my MySpace account up if you want to check that out as well. <laughs> your top five friends. <laughs> my top five. <laughs> <laughs> and your song, your theme song. The, you know, so I went back to check my MySpace page because they're still up and they're still there. And I remember my hyperlink because um, I went by Stephen Hollywood back in the day. Oh, Stephen um, Hollywood. Manifested that LA thing from the moment I could. And they're up. They're still there, but not everything functions the way that it functions. Because I guess, you know, it's, they lost a lot of the back end stuff. Like, there's no song playing anymore. <laughs> Part of my top eight is, like, not all there because I guess some of those pages are... I don't even know. You could still even log on to MySpace if you try. So I don't remember my password or anything to log into it. But if you remember your your, uh, your URL, like, myspace.com slash whatever your name was, you could find your page. And for me, it's very cringeworthy to look at because that's when I was with my ex at the time, my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And I look yeah. at that and I'm just like, oh, it just reminds me of all the bad times because... Because my wife, my wife, I don't want to say my wife now because it makes it seem like we're not going to be together one day. But my wife, my soulmate, is the exact opposite kind of person. And so when I see those moments and I see that kind of thing, it just makes me cringe. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, those moments. Her. Oh, we did this. Yeah, like you thought cringing on Facebook was bad. Imagine cringing on MySpace. Oh, God, all the photos and stuff. And even like the times where it looked like it was we were happy. It wasn't happy. Like, oh, my God. Like I'm so blessed to have have my wife. My wife. Your wife? I mean, I'm looking at MySpace right now. I didn't even realize it still existed. Oh, yeah, it's there. Justin Timberlake bought it a couple years ago and tried to revive it, but I don't think he did anything with it. Yeah, there are some things that should just be better off. Yeah, it's like reboots. Sometimes reboots don't always be rebooted. We talked about that earlier in the episode, too. Especially when we have social media now. Like, we have new ones. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I do want to say one thing before we get too far to the end. Yep. Um, just to press, uh, just to do th- some business here on Monday show. So if you're listening to this now and it's and it's Saturday or Sunday, if you've listened past Monday, it, sorry, you're out of luck. <laughs> but if you're listening on the weekend, Monday show, and I know you're a podcast listener, we're doing something on Monday show that is only happening live, and you cannot listen to it in podcast form. I'm sorry, but we can't, and we're not going to. Don't ask questions. Just take it. On Monday show, we're replaying the Million Dollar Show from 2002, I believe, before the pandemic hit. And it's going to play in two different times. It's going to play at uh, 6, 5 Central. So if you're 6 Coast, East Coast, 5 Central. And then again at 8 Central, 9 Eastern. I recommend you listen at the... If you're really convoluted, sorry. If you're East Coast, I recommend you listen at 6 Eastern. If you're Central, listen at 8 Central. Mm -hmm. It's the Million Dollar Show replayed, and if you didn't go, it was an amazing show. So we're playing back a lot of the performances, and it's another opportunity to also become a partner in Hope and donate to St. Jude if you couldn't do this past couple days with our St. Jude Radiothon live on the radio, which also was live. Um, It's a live thing, so you can only listen to it live, so it won't be in the podcast. So if you're not listening live, you're not going to be able to hear the Million Dollar Show. So listen live on Monday if you can, please. 6 Eastern, 8 Central. Listen to the show, the big show, 
The big show. While you're at it, you can see the performances from our St. Jude Radiothon on our website, bobbybones.com. They are up there to relive. But no, you cannot hear that entire Radiothon ever again. It's live. It's gone. Got to do it live, baby. Sometimes you got to do it live. I can do the podcast. I appreciate it. But sometimes you got to check in live. And if you want to know if you're a podcast only listener, the only way to find out where we are in your area is bobbybones.com. Top of the page. I think it's a, a button that says find my station or something like that. Yeah. You or you can do bobbybones.com slash how to listen. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to listen live, please. Yes. Do it. Don't forget it. And also, if you want to follow the show on anything, at Bobby Bones Show, we are all over the place on social media. And I am at Morgan. Seriously, thank you for staying. Thank you for hanging out. Thank yeah. you for crying with me. <laughs> yeah. It's a wonderful experience. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, y'all. Have a great weekend. The Bobby Bones Show.